0: Hello everybody, We've, I've, I've spent some time away, but we're back, it's Frame Trap, Damiani's here, with a very respectable size of jasmine tea, I actually wish I had that, because I drink that very same brand of jasmine tea, and it's delicious, well it's, delicious might be overselling it, it's good, it gets the job done. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: very, I like this flavor for tea. Yeah. When it comes to teas, you don't have a lot of like, you have a variety of flavor, but like, it's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's, it's nice and simple, like, you know... You enjoy a good soda every once in a while, you enjoy like a coffee, but sometimes you just, you want something with less flavor that you can just kind of keep sipping on throughout the day, mm-hmm. gets the job done. Also here with Bradley Ellis. Yo. Uh, dream of Coke Zero, my Coke drink Coke and choice... whiskey,
2: it's not.
1: <laughs> I was like, damn, <laughs> <I'm> like, <"We're, laughs> where, we, where are we going on this frame <laughs> trap? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit.
0: I, uh, I am your host, Bev Moore. Uh, the, the question that I want to get us started with here today how many times have you thought about the Steam Deck in the last two weeks? I've thought about it. Thought about it. How like, many times has it popped in my eye? It, depends, it
2: depends if it's unprovoked or if I've seen something on it.
0: Either way. I'm just curious. Past week?
1: I don't know. I'd say like kind of a lot. Like 10. Really? Yeah. Okay, nice. If you're going to go a lot, I'm going to go like average then. Yeah. A little less than that. Just because I see it come up so many times. When people are like, "Man, wish my like Switch could do this," mm-hmm. you know, yeah. w- wish I had like Steam Deck with all these awesome games that play so well. But I've also seen the uh, what was it? Some of the games that have. Um, whatever their validation thing they're doing, that they're, like, Steam Deck compatible. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know one of the ones that, like, got changed a few weeks, like, two weeks ago was Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because they yeah. updated the launcher, and it was, like, no. The 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 way everyone, most everyone, launches the Steam version, they couldn't do that way anymore on the Steam Deck, so <laughs> they got kind of annoyed about it, but which is can kind can of funny. you can still play. You can play it the normal it. way, but people are like, no, I yeah. want to use this other launcher. Why? Yeah. Why are you making me do it this way? I cannot believe... I have not thought about this until this moment.
0: I seriously, it did not pop in my head Uh-oh. one single time, playing Final Fantasy XIV oh. oh, no. or your Steam Deck. <laughs> That's so sick. I know you could do it
2: with the Vita, but no, come on. I went down a darker path. And I What's saw that? Final Fantasy 11 on Steam Deck, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. Better. I was like, oh this shit. In a weird dude. way, that's like, go. even better. We Let's well, go. They were supposed <laughs> to do uh, Final
0: Fantasy 11 mobile, but that yeah. got canned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly. Uh, Brad, I might do both. Yeah, you I might do. But doesn't, doesn't the Steam Deck get terrible battery life? I have no idea. Probably. I feel like my perception on this, and this is going to be the entire episode, so buckle in. I've been on vacation for a week, purposefully detaching myself. From all of this, but I feel like it, it. Like we live in such crazy times where like Valve can release a new piece of hardware and it feels like it's just kind of in the background. I'm not saying people don't care mm-hmm. or aren't talking about it. I'm not saying it's like gone, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's just, things like a, are just it's crazy. Like a, it's
2: like a quiet beast. It's you like know? a quiet beast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. It's crazy that.
2: It's like a shark like just swimming in the water, but yeah. you don't know it's there yeah. below you. Yeah. Gabe it, Newell's going to bite your feet off. It's it's wild. Um, yeah.
0: I still really want one.
2: I oh, don't know sure, when. Yeah.
0: I, I put an order in like a year ago. I have no idea. I was like, oh, maybe show.
2: I'll get this in like five years. Yeah. When there's a second model, maybe. And that,
0: that's probably is what, is what is hurting the momentum is, is availability. I like imagine. all things nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I, I read a review on it. Subswitch. switch It might have been the IGN review where it was like, this is cool, but the battery life sucks and it has problems. It's like of course it does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is something that's going to be really sick 3 generations in. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, "Ah, okay, really they refined. got it." They yeah. Got it. Yep. All right. Uh, let's get into the games. Something that I think well, from my perspective, the little bit of time that I've spent with it has been nothing but pure unfiltered joy and that is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Mm. Uh, Damian, I, I know you were streaming it. Um, Have you played through the whole thing?
1: Yeah. Nice. The script just went through to uh, from Bloodworth. Mr. Bloodworth. Nice. Blood approved. Blood approved. That's Stanford. Can we get big step? I'm gonna give you two options. (laughs)
0: Okay. I'm gonna let you leak the score now before we talk about it, or I'm gonna let you leak the score at the end of the conversation. (laughs) Which one? Which one did you? Either way, the score
2: (laughs) is coming out. Either way, the score is 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 coming out. out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Man. That's harsh, because uh, this will probably go up before the review goes up. So Okay, you don't have to. It's,
0: it's your review. I know going to allow that. Yeah, but. it's your review. Just, like, give me a wink or a frown. Give me something. Give me, like, a pseudo score.
1: I mean, one caveat I had to do going into it was that I don't have a lot of experience with other Kirby games. Oh, okay. Interesting. So I don't make any proclamations like that. Like, it's the best Kirby game or anything like that. Yeah. But within my limited scope there, Mm -hmm. I thought it was doing a lot of good stuff. Um, I I really enjoyed my time with it. And I think actually went beyond my expectations in some regards because I didn't realize how much was in that game that was going to be present there. Especially... Uh, the post-credits, the post-game stuff. I was like, wait, oh, Kirby has post-game stuff? I was like, oh, I cool. I had no idea. That's and uh And yeah, it's uh, relevant to the narrative. Like, if you want full closure, you probably should do it. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a little bit more challenge, it's got some of the hardest content.
0: Okay, when you say narrative closure, I feel like we need to... Okay. G- 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 here's what I want to say is like, as far as I can tell, the story is... Oh. The Waddle
1: Dee's get stolen, and yeah. Kirby's gotta save them. Within, within Kirby, okay, but all right. all right. It's got that like visual charm, sure. like the yeah, antics yeah, yeah. that they do. Absolutely. It's kind of touching yeah, what yeah. they built up to. Yeah. And then, surprisingly, the post-release, oh, sorry, post-release, but post-game uh, content mm-hmm. gets a little bit more like emotional. Gets a little bit deeper. Like I actually think most of the storytelling happens in that. Oh, uh, yeah. Like the the best development happens in that in that post-game content. And you learn a little bit more about one of the the, the main characters, um, and really what their like kind of like backstory was, mm. and it actually results in one of the coolest little sequences. So I won't say which character it is, but they all at the end of every level, Kirby and the Waddle Ds and anyone else who's with them do the little Kirby dance. It's so good
0: when. Oh, so yeah. a
1: certain someone joins them for a special version of it yeah. at a point, and it's like delightful.
0: It's great because when you're doing co-op, because I was doing, um, I played for about an hour of the full release with my wife um, and I streamed the demo a while back. And when you are doing co-op at the end of the stage, you'll both do the dance together. And if that doesn't like melt your heart I like you, I I just don't know what to do for it. Yeah, like, it's
1: so it's like a soul check game. Yeah, like, it is. Uh, it is where, like a where soul is your, check game. Where's yeah. your soul and emotional level at right now? Because <laughs> right. you go into that Kirby house once you get access to it, and you choose the sleep option, yeah. and you get that scene of you sleeping together with your friend, uh, the, the 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 puffy dude, El- Elfalan or whatever their name is, mm-hmm. and it's just adorable. Yeah, There's a Kirby little nightcap and stuff. It like falls out of the bed sometimes. Is like still lying on the floor. It's like. How can you not? How can you not? It's yeah. it's a game
0: that I feel like is um, designed to make you happy, not just with the cute aesthetics, which I think are totally on point, like you mentioned, but not to beat this dead horse, but, you know, I see comments sometimes that are like, oh, the Allies only like hard games or like, they don't like, it's like... What? Kirby Kirby is, like, the perfect example of to me of, of, of why that isn't true. Like, I mm-hmm. think this is a really – this game, at least from what I've played, obviously that's the caveat, from what I've played is so incredibly easy but is designed in such a way that that is not an issue. Easy doesn't mean boring. You can have mm-hmm. excellent design and still never die. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I, I Looking back, games that I think me personally have criticized, like, I leverage a criticism that's too easy. Right. It wasn't the difficulty that was really the crux of the issue there. It right. was the surrounding elements that weren't weren't interesting. Right. So when you have this boring gameplay and it's also easy, like I think most people just fall to that, where you're exactly spot on with Kirby is that the levels are so creative and they clever, are, and it, yes. it, 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 like I even thought the fixed camera might even uh, – the mostly fixed camera would even be an issue, but like – they. The way levels are presented from the perspective sometimes like it's doing everything very purposely. Yes, uh, and you have those moments of like jubilation when you recognize something like, "Oh, that was a secret pack there. I didn't know that," or just a revelation of like the first time you come into like the forgot like the the uh, the city at the beginning, like the overrun by nature. Like they come through that forest, it's all kind of like misty. Come out to the clear walkway, it's like, "Oh, look at this nice city." <laughs> yeah. Too- Every single time you activate mouthful mode, like what new item you can do, it's like they just dazzle. And it's like, this is, you can have, same thing with like anything. Like when we criticize like linear gameplay and like something, it's like linear isn't the bad word. It's like what else is around it? Like it's not just the fault of one component. So here, might it's definitely on the easier side for the majority of the game. Yeah, But like it never was a problem to me because I was having so much fun playing the game Um, And then all the extra stuff they throw in there, which I think is the real way they handle challenges, figuring out all the optional side objectives in in each level Mm -hmm. on your own without looking up everything. It's a way to come back.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to touch on the side objectives because uh, at least so far – and again, you can speak to this much better than I can – but. Like, the side objectives are nothing, like, too crazy. It's not It's mm-hmm. not like you engage in the side objectives. You're like, whoa, this is a completely different game. But it's just if you want to take that little extra step, if you want to explore a little bit... And, like, you know, it's not like, at least in my experience, it's not something where it's, you're going to be stuck on it for 10 minutes, but you just got to poke around a little bit, and you get that little extra layer of satisfaction. I think another thing mm-hmm. that really surprised me along this exact same line are those time-based challenges yep. where they have the the part-times. It's like getting through it on its own is fine, but you want to get that part-time, you have to execute perfectly. And there's no, like, you don't have to do that, yeah. right? And it's just, this game is very aware of of what it is and includes these wrinkles without barring anybody else. You know, it's not gatekeeping Mm. itself. It's just, it has enough depth to it that it feels like it can cater to a bunch of different players at the same Uh, time.
2: So all these like extra things you guys are talking about you can go for, is there any, is there a good incentive to do these things? So uh,
0: the extra objectives that Damiani was talking about uh, allow you to free extra Waddle D's and you're going to love this. Okay. These Waddle that you free is a Waddle Dee Town.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you
0: free Waddle and they go, and they build buildings for you. Yes. Um, and I haven't even really gotten into this yet. They like they, they just unlocked the theater, but from oh. the end... Yeah, talk about it, because you, you've you
1: seen it. So, yeah. Think of Terrytown except... Yes. Each building potentially houses like an actual activity, like a mini game or a new shop that gives you useful stuff. Okay. So, like the thing we did on stream, Yeah. that cafe. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. And then, like later on, you get uh, those uh, Twilight Princess, uh, those, shape, those tilt board puzzle things. Shut up. Yes. Like, I like love monkey, those. Like monkey ball style. Dude. I also love and, those. And then there's like, a, when you beat them, like, oh, that was fun and simple. And then it's yeah. like, would you like a harder version yes. of this? Which yeah. is what you were talking about, Ben. You get out of this game what you put into it in terms of like challenge. Right. If you that's I think a lot of Nintendo games do this, but I'm starting to realize Kirby does it very well. Is that you can make this game pretty challenging to yourself if right. you want to. It's just you don't pick a preset. I mean, yes, there's two difficulty settings, but they're not really that different, honestly. Uh, do I've only done wild mode, and it's like I can't. Yeah.
0: What is even the other mode do? like? Why would and you, like it's <laughs> like you get extra
1: coins, but that's it. Like that, yeah. they're not going for that type of difficulty. No, like no, they're, they're, they're not. That. It's
0: like you can't even think about it in terms of easy. Normal okay, gold. you yeah, beat yeah, the yeah.
1: boss and it wasn't really challenging, but like, can you do it in like this amount of time? Right. Or, and then you said the challenge course is like you get through, you get the crystal reward yeah. at the end, but it's like, well, could you do this in like thirty seconds? And I think faster? for the part
0: time, it's just like you just get some more coins, right? And yeah. so it's like it's it's, it's like it's extra what it needs to be because you're only going to go for that if you enjoy something for the sake of challenge. You don't feel like you're being, you know, locked out of content if you are just like I just want the easiest game ever made. You know, like again, that that is not an insult. It's just it, it goes back to that this is designed for you to have fun. Period.
1: Mhm. Some of the challenges are actually like don't get hit by a boss. Like for for more difficult ones which Sure, it plays into skill, but it also plays into I want to touch about the the power ups in this game because the flexibility that they give you. Mm-hmm. Now you can go find a power up that you like and you can just like power through the game that way. If you really like just a single power up, but each level clearly has enemies placed there or even sometimes just puts item like containers there because they are, the levels designed in, in a way that there might be something you could do extra. If you use like maybe the drill ability to go underground mm-hmm. a little bit, or you use like the freeze ability because there might be some things on fire that you need to cool off at a certain point. But like, they're optional, but that, that that ebb and flow there. It, it it it's nice when you follow what they want you to do, but at the same time, if I just want to get like this big sword ability and it's like I'm just gonna go through and wreck this, like it it suits everybody. That's really what it does. Mm. And the power ups that you do is you level them up, man. They get crazy, flashy. Yeah, they, crazy. they let you
0: yeah. uh, in the demo. They let you experiment with them, and they're 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 wild. Yeah. And I jump in. I just have to say this because I don't think you and I have had this conversation, even though I've said it on other stuff. Uh, this game has witch time, and I'm glad that it does. <laughs> yep. It absolutely does not need it from my experience, but
1: um <laughs> uh, on the uh the game the, There's a Coliseum that oh. you uh, eventually the Waldies will unlock, and uh there's a three difficulties of it in the hardest cup, like it gets pretty insane that's so sick. with some of the harder versions of the existing bosses. They like ramp them up. Maybe it totally. Uh, I does. was definitely using Nice, a lot Okay, of witch time. that's cool to hear. That's cool to hear because like <laughs>
0: You've, when I first found that out in the demo, I'm like, I, can't, I love that this is here. This is cool. I want to mess around with this, but I couldn't understand why. So to hear that like it comes into play later on is so cool. And I think it kind of... Uh, I want to talk about design, Damiani, because this is something that I feel like Kirby is showing in a really positive way that Mario demonstrates super well. I would not say you know, contemporary Mario games, at least as you're going through the story, are, are difficult. Yeah. But no one like no one like deeply complains about it. That you know these games are getting glowing reviews, everybody loves them and it's because of the relentlessness of ideas, right? And it comes down to pacing and it comes down to visual variety and it comes down to mechanical variety. I feel like Kirby nails that, right? So like even tiny things that you may not think about, right? So, like, one of the first side objectives that you see is, like, find five tulips. It could have just had find five tulips be a side objective in every single stage. I feel like a lot of games have that approach. But it asks you to do something different. And the next one, it's like, maybe you have to light lanterns. And that fits in because the firepower is really unique to that stage, and you can have a lot of cool interactions with just the firepower. So the fact that they mixed up just that one little objective... Uh, makes, like, the whole stage stand out just a little bit more, right? Like, everything feels like it has a purpose. When you do the mouthful mode, like you talked about, it's not like you do the mouthful mode and then 20 minutes later, like, okay, I'm kind of sick of this. It maybe lasts two minutes, but those two minutes are jam-packed and exciting, and then it gets out before the novelty wears off.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they, they're just very thoughtful in terms of design and, like, when they place these as well. Yeah. Especially, like, the mouth. They come, like, at the, like, almost perfect moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another thing they do that's great is if they recognize that some of them are a little bit more involved. So, like, if they are tied to optional objectives, for mouthful modes, almost all of them give you, like, a retry thing right at the end. Like, you get to the end, there's, like, a little blue star. It's like, hmm, there's something I didn't get on this roller coaster ride, and I don't want to replay the whole level and they're like, oh, you can just go back to the beginning. It, it, it takes away everything you earned up to that point. So it's kind of fair. It's like, do you want to give up all the coins you just earned and all the collectibles you just got for another shot at this to see if you can do the – like hit all the five switches on this one attempt? And they will like mm. maybe – what is it? You don't know what it unlocks. like, hmm, see, is it that, worth it?
0: That was actually my – like one mi- minor criticism is I was playing through with, with my wife and she actually accidentally went through a door and I was like, wait, no, there's something there. Okay. And then we went through and I was like, okay, well, let's just redo the level. And then we went, we redid the level or I redid the level. I got back to the point where there was a collectible. I got it and I was like, okay, I got the collectible. I'll just quit out. Oh, you have to, you have to finish the whole stage. And I just don't understand... I think you should just be able to get the collectible and then then leave or whatever mm. thing that you missed.
1: The it's it didn't bother me too much about not especially the first point about not being able to backtrack once you go through like a door. It's like that's it. You yeah. got to restart the level. Yeah. The collecting thing, I kind of figured that's how it's going to work. It's hmm. a little bit of a nuisance, but it's a nitpick, The levels honestly, are so sh- it, it, they it are really not, Like yeah. you're just going to be able to bl- blow through them so yeah. quickly. Um, but yeah, the. The, the the mouthful mode stuff, though, like, I, I think that's why they did that with the Blue Star thing to retry mm-hmm. it right there is because those specifically are some of the highlights and they don't want you kind of, like, resenting it when you mm-hmm. move on. It's like, do I really want to play that level? Because some people just, are like, I just want to do that one specific part. But why it's not applicable to the whole stage, it's, like, yeah. why they made a decision. Who knows? But I think that's probably why they did it.
0: Man, and, and- – Again, it's like the most minor of things, but it's, we're talking about the side objectives, getting the waddle-D's that help with the town. That's that's just, I think, conceptually a cool idea, even though I haven't really been able to see it in practice yet. But the other thing, like the capsules, even those are really fun because it's like, oh hey, can you finish an entire set? And then some of them have like little blurbs about the character, yeah. and it's just like capsules it's just,
2: are always fun. It's
0: just like that tiny little bit of flavor that makes mm-hmm. a collectible more interesting than it is, you know, on its face. In Breath of
2: the Wild too. Zelda capsules.
1: Zelda, those instead of Korok seeds spread yeah, out all over the capsules. place. And actually, because uh, like that's what one worker did with the the statues. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah or, I love the statues. The NPC who made them for you. That would be way more interesting. Um, that does evolve eventually because they bring an NPC eventually who will do like trades as well, like mm. uh, your the rare crystal stars.
0: I thought you were gonna say cryptocurrency. Yeah, cri- yeah. actually, kind of is like cryptocurrency. Kirby coin.
1: Yeah, he's like, hey, you want a rare uh, want a rare gotcha figure? You got some of that NFT stuff for me? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha figure.
0: Um, man, like the first time I turned into stairs, it's like this is. Why is it stairs? But then they, they somehow make it the most magical thing where, like, just, just they let you jump, right? You can't do anything with this jump, but they let you do it. And you get maybe an inch off the mm-hmm. ground, and you're like, this has cured my depression. Yeah. Like, this is so hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's great.
1: Just love the way, that, again, just love the way everything evolves in that game. You you've Just the stairs you said. Like, yeah. a simple thing that's like... You, lean over you try and make paths to go up later on in a in a, in a certain like challenge not a challenge room, but a, a part of a level through one of those optional doors yeah you gotta use the firepower to light like a mission impossible type thing Damiani. but then you gotta get on the stairs but you're like oh it's simple i put the stairs oh but the flame will go out if your stairs yes. block i was like so you gotta dance or oh like those moments that was like, that yeah. was
0: the moment where i was like this is, like, objectively a great video game because you think about getting the stairs as a power, right? And and if, you, if I was describing this to you, you're like, okay, you become stairs. What do you do with the stairs? And it's like, well, of course you, like, use it to get up above a place and stuff. Like, okay, sure, th- we expect that. But the fact that if you are the stairs and you're on the rope that you'll snuff out the flame, but the game doesn't tell you that, right? The fact that it doesn't come up with a tooltip that you get to figure it out on your own. Again, it's something that's super simple. It takes you maybe 30 seconds to figure out, but you go through that moment and you feel like this is designed so well that I feel like I'm coming... To this conclusion naturally without you being like overly forceful again with like a tooltip or something that would just like completely ruin the magic of this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely agree.
0: It's awesome. Um, dummy, my, my biggest question and something that I'm kind of worried about is I've been enjoying this so much, and it's nice that my wife like wants to play it and is excited about it. That's really cool. I'm just worried that, like, once we put in that, like, full day of Kirby, we're just going to be done. Like, do you feel like there's enough content in this game?
1: I mean, I thought so because, uh, again, as I said earlier, once credits rolled, there was so much more left to do. Okay. And when you say
0: so much more left to do, is there any way you can give me, like, a, a sense of scale for that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's... Fi- your each file has a percentage, and like when yeah. I finished, I was like at sixty something percent. Okay. I'm like, so I'm like, all right, there's a okay. whole like. I mean, I hadn't done all. They're called Treasure Roads, those challenge levels. So I hadn't even done all of those. I'd skipped over a few. Some only unlock when you've um, upgraded a power up, and each power up has a minimum of three upgrades. Okay, some have more than three upgrades. I nice. think <laughs> it's it kind of costly, and so you got to start doing all those to unlock them. So you got to like feed into that system excuse me and then like the the, the post game uh, content is' an, basically another zone okay um, with worlds but those levels are much longer <laughs> than a normal level gotcha. without giving away too much and there's a finale and then you get the Coliseum stuff you get two extra Coliseum uh, battles um, like l- leagues or whatever and each have 12 battles nice. in them. Nice. and uh, there's a there's a fishing fishing mini game you can do as well Ooh. Um what else is there? I feel like the best games have fishing mini yeah. games. Like, yeah, so, it's, got, it's always got, it's, it's yeah. got fishing in it, so that's pretty good. And yeah, the only thing we didn't touch upon, like, it's just a subtle, simple thing, but this is a game about doing very simple things that add up to make it very good. Totally. Uh, the overall map, just being able to move around in it, like, mm-hmm. okay, wow, I, that's whatever. A lot of games are in that, but like. Start searching around, like, oh, I got some coins, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I unlocked a new hit in one of these, like, challenge levels. So yeah. you have to find a few of those as well. So, yeah. like, there's – it's not, like – I would say it's, like – I know what that percentage that it made sound like there's a whole other third of the game left. It's probably, like, the equivalent of having, like, another whole zone in the game of total content. Yeah.
0: I, I feel like playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land was a good reminder to me to – not be dismissive of games because I was really excited for Kirby. I knew I was going to play it, but I feel like it kind of like sat in the back of my mind, we're like, oh, it'll be cute, it'll be fun, I'll play it, and then I'll forget about it. Like it'll be it'll be good, you know? And it's it's just impressed me so much. And I maybe I'm projecting here, but I feel like a lot of people, maybe don't hold Kirby up to the same prestige as, as other Nintendo franchises. Yeah, yeah. yeah and like I, that's coming from a real place, right? Like it's not it's not unjustifiable. But I really think uh, if you have the ability, like absolutely give this a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and Damiani, uh to to end this conversation, you said you know that you really hadn't had that much experience with Kirby prior to Forgotten Land. After your experience with Forgotten Land, do you feel like, you're more on board now? You know, the next Kirby game, we'd be there. If there's DLC for this, we'd be there. Like, how on board the train are you?
1: Uh, DLC is a hard yes. Like, it's yeah. a really easy yes for me. The caveat here is that this game spoke to me from the very moment I saw a trailer of it mm. because it's it's 3D. Yeah. Um, I've tried out many of the 2D Kirby games and just don't like... It's going be nitpick. I don't like how Kirby handles in 2D. Okay. Like, and yeah. actually, in this game... Um, well, I love the power ups and everything. Like the the like kind of minimalized actual platforming part of it. Like the floating is not too essential for a lot of the game. Mm. So, I it's I really like that a lot about it. So, if the next game gotcha. is more like this, or even goes beyond what this did, I'm in for that. A 2D game, like I'm very tepid about still. Sure. So it really depends on the the the, the structure of the game.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Brad, uh, this game has been. Kind of popping up on, on people's radar and it's it's one of those that I feel it's one of those games that I feel guilty that I don't know more about. I feel like I should know more mm. about Weird West and I don't. So enla- yeah, enlighten so me.
2: Weird West is uh, developed by some of the former Dishonored guys and um, Prey. So it's a Immersive Sim in the in the Wild West brewery. There's definitely some weird things out there. You
0: you say Dishonored and Prey, and I immediately think, like, a bunch of open-endedness and, uh, like, mechanical freedom in regards to how yeah, you choose how to play. Yeah, yeah. There's,
2: a, there's, like, a lot how you choose to play. Not, nice. like, an insane amount where I felt like I couldn't have, like, a million options, but you could definitely, like, play the game in a way of, like... A no kill run, as far as I'm aware. Like, you can beat the game without killing anyone. You can, you know, you can be a total dickhead in these games and make bad choices there and have consequences later on, especially because what I like about this game is it has five protagonists that you play as. Okay. So you start with, like, one. The one, the the very first one you start with is, like, this woman bounty hunter. So you're going through her kind of story. And then, like, the next guy is, like, this deformed pig man that's been, like, he's like a Frankenstein monster, essentially. And you get. I w- all I just that going over, yeah. to, like, they can interact with each other, and they can be par- like party members with each other. And, like what you did in one game will carry over to the next game, stuff like that. But um, it's not originally when I thought I was going to play this game. I thought it was going to be like kind of turn-based, almost mm-hmm. like when you're in combat. It's not. It's all fully going the whole time, which is cool, but also kind of a problem at times. It's an isometric game, okay, with a lot of shooting, okay. Stuff gets in the way a lot of times during the camera. Like build, like when you're in town, maybe you're, like, you're trying to shoot around something. There's like a building in your way as the camera, literally. So you're like, oh, I can't see very good right here.
0: Interesting. Do you do you feel like it would just straight up be a better game if you could, if, if it was turn-based, you could take more time to properly uh, set up shots?
2: I don't know. It, so the game is pretty generous in the sense that you could slow down time to a crawl oh, okay. anytime you want. Sure. So if you're like in a moment where you're like, I need to think about this kind of thing. It can, you can totally do that. But I just felt sometimes like I wish I could just see a little better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty minor, but yeah.
0: Um, it's cool that you can slow down time. Uh, and keep in mind these questions are coming from a, a, a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I feel like with isometric games, you, you, you have to kind of be careful because I, when I think about real-time shooting, mm-hmm. right, part of the appeal of something like a first-person shooter or even a third-person shooter is the, the closeness of the camera kind of allows you to feel the power of the weapons that you're using and really kind of get a, like, full-screen view of, of the current. Uh-huh. I feel like with an isometric perspective, uh, I would worry that the, the, the real-time combat would maybe lack yeah, of you, a punch. Yeah,
2: you lose some of the punch from yeah. it. it. It does its best to accommodate for, like... When you're aiming, you have, like, a laser kind of light to mm-hmm. see where you can, like, aim on them. And you can, like, take cover and stuff like that and pop up and shoot over. But, yeah, you know, it's not as, like, visceral, I guess, when you kill someone. Yeah. But you could still feel some good impact every now and then.
0: So beyond, like, basic shooting, mm-hmm. what, are, what are the tools that you have at your disposal?
2: So each character – so you have, like, a – it's very confusing. You have, like, two talent trees essential, one Kay? for your specific character and one that's, like – more general stuff that'll carry over to each character that you can invest in. like You can invest in maybe the shops giving you stuff for cheaper or a chance a lock pick won't break when you use some or something like that. Just
0: because you brought it up, I feel like I have to have this aside. I feel like it's so many games, that is a decision that you can make with your character. Like, oh, you get cheaper prices in shop. Mm-hmm. And it's always one of those skills where it's like, I see the benefit in this, and sometimes in some games it matters more than Mm -hmm. others, but it's like never the one I want to pick. There's just something so innately unexciting about being like, you get a discount, you know, like, that's just way less cool than being like, whoa, "Whoa, you do a thousand more crit damage. Yeah,
2: it's nothing like crit damage, it's maybe like some extra reload speed or max health, but there was one I liked where I would just jump way higher. Oh cool. cool so cool. which is cool because I could be in a town, I could just whoosh, jump on top of a building and get yeah. in that way or just take cover up there or something that you usually can't.
0: Does it does it have that kind of immersive sin not immersive sin with an N with uh, immersive sim with an M? Does it have that immersive sim appeal where like you got that ability and suddenly you're like, Oh, like the level design is crazy up here and it's like they 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 carved out this whole path that you could it's only like, experience if you made this choice. It's
2: not crazy. Yeah. Or like like, crazy, but there's been a few benefits to it. Where cool. Where I was like, oh, nice, I'm glad I had it. Like, I got a, an item or something like that that mm-hmm. I might have not been able to get. Yeah. Just because I could jump from a rooftop to a rooftop or something like that. Nice. Um So you mentioned
0: all these different characters, yep. right? Uh So I'd imagine, like, they each kind of have their own story that ties they into do a sexual ha- yes, story. Yes, they're,
2: yeah, they all have their own story that kind of ties into, you were, like, this, you are like, this soul, essentially, going into all these bodies, and they all kind of, like, get connected through, like, a brand mark on their neck. But they all can, like, use the same weapons, like a a revolver, a shotgun, a rifle, and a bow, and a knife if you want. But they all have their another, like, four unique skills only to them. Like, Mm. the first woman who's the bounty hunter can, she can, like, put traps down or something like that. While the pig guy can spray out, like, poison or something like that and charge people. He can also, if you kill someone, he can also eat their corpse and get health back. Stuff like that. Which is cool. Yes,
0: that is cool. Yeah, I like. I, I like that's that like shit.
2: I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff for sure. And it like all the characters are really sweet. I liked all of them. Like the third one is like a Native American guy, and like his whole thing going on with his tribe and stuff like that. Just getting their different perspectives in this cool. li- in this wild, crazy West, essentially. Nice. Uh, how you go through the game is there's this world map. It kind of reminds me of Darkest Dungeon almost, Ben. Mm-hmm. Probably not the best comparison. It just kind of reminded me of it. like, you're on this world map and it's like all black. Mm. And as you go through the map and cover like a fog of war, almost you'll discover like little towns and stuff. Mm. But when you're on the road, there's a chance you'll get an encounter. This mm. could be an encounter with like some wolves or something that are hungry or that some is bears. Like the or know? there's like uh, some bandits trying to hold you up. Yeah. So there's quite a few things out there. Also, like a lot of these encounters. There's, like, bounty hunting is a big part of this game if you want to do, like, to make some cash. You know, you can go yeah. bounty hunt a gang, take down their gang leader. You can either kill them or capture them and bring them back alive, but...
0: Can some... you tie anybody up and throw them on the train tracks? Is that, no, okay. not as far as I'm aware. Damn. I don't think you can do that.
2: But, like, you get an encounter with these bounty hunters, someone from their gang may get away, and mm. they'll remember you. Nemesis system. Kind of. So, yes, <laughs> they will maybe run into you out in the open world to get revenge against you or something like that. That's really cool. But also, if you help someone out in the world, they may become what's known as like a a great friend, and they could just show up randomly in combat to assist you or something like that. Cool, 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 cool. Um, Is there
0: anything that sort of goes out of its way to reward you for playing a certain way, where it's like, if you are non-violent, like, you'll get this bonus, or if you are really good at trapping people, like, is as there any far sort As far of... as I'm
2: aware, it's mostly narrative things. Oh,
0: okay, but there is a narrative... There is a narrative thing, things. like, okay.
2: definitely at points where I've, they, I've, like, done things, and they're like, whoa, what do you want to do here, kind of thing, like, gotcha. I'm making a choice, and it felt like... That had consequence.
0: Does that in any way sort of like, you know, you think about the Wild West, right? And you think mm-hmm. about like hearsay and legends. Does that sort of build up your mystique? So, like, when you do go into a town, they're like, whoa, like, we've heard of you. Like yeah, you're... sometimes
2: people will like know who you are cool. for later things, or like, like I said, things that you did maybe on the first character will affect what you're doing in the second character. Like, some people may be around or something like that. Nice. Um, how is the difficulty and how how is that handled? Like there... uh, Difficulty's good. I played just on normal most of the time. Sure. And I, I had to like be careful. I couldn't just, you know, go and guns blazing all the time. Mm-hmm. Eventually when I got some good equipment I could do that more so. But there's like hard and very hard if you want to get crazy. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty good. Like and Is that
0: something you can switch on the fly? Yes, I believe okay. it was
2: on the fly. But it wasn't like I was always 100% comfortable. Like ammo can be kind of a thing I have to worry about. Like like you pick up a lot of guns and stuff from people but you can I mostly ended up dismantling them just to get extra ammo from that mm. stuff like that and money can be a problem cuz like when you start this character you often don't have any money and you want to buy a horse as soon as possible to be able to travel across the map faster but it's like you got to earn money doing that like you got to kill some people or yeah. you could rob people you know you can go to their house when they're <laughs> not looking to steal their shit cool stuff like that
0: um You just made me think of another question, so like, you you have all of these different characters, right? Let's say you play the first character, like, really bad, like you're a total asshole. Mm -hmm. Does that, does the second character reflect on that at all, where they're like, oh, man. Maybe. It's like,
2: I'm not sure, because usually when these characters meet for the first time, they don't know each other at all. Okay, okay. So, maybe. I'm not sure. I didn't play a total bad boy run.
0: Yeah, sure, 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 yeah. Uh, Were you playing on PC with mouse and keyboard? Yes, I was. Okay. Would you say that this is a very mouse and keyboard no. game? No, I would oh.
2: say it slightly. Maybe leans to more controller. Slightly. Okay. Just what makes by you say some that? of like the interface, like your your cooldowns, like your moves you could do, are kind of like in a circular thing, like that. You know, for a keyboard, it's like you know you push V or C gotcha. or something like that. But on for a gamepad, I assume it's just like down or up on the gamepad or something like that, or some face buttons. Gotcha. Very interesting. But, like, I play with mouse keyboard fine, but it's, yeah. like, if you're worried about playing this game with a controller, I think it'll be totally fine. I feel
0: like every year, um, there are always these smaller games that kind of co- they crop up and they become, you know, games that we get excited about or mm-hmm. at least some allies get excited about, right? I think of, like, your Death Story or Inscriptions mm-hmm. uh, or your Outer Wilds, you know, something that, like, maybe doesn't get the most buzz, but the people that get into it get mm-hmm. really passionate about it. Do you think Weird West is that caliber of game
2: mm, not quite yet okay. i think it has some technical hurdles how far and this are you s- i beat it okay, okay. I, I beat it like yesterday or something like that sure uh just some like i throw this word out overused a little janky in some ways like no yeah Sometimes i would have companions the with me you know and i get in a fight then my companion should be standing randomly on a part of a roof not doing anything just like not interacting or like NPCs getting caught in really weird things, or some guy flying off the screen after I killed him like in a goofy manner. Sure, where I'm just like, he just needs a little more polish. Gotcha, gotcha. But like, no crashes or anything, which was nice or anything. Like, no yeah. major frame. No, nothing just, kind of catastrophic. Just like some goofy stuff going on in the J- world. Just a little janky. Yeah, just a little janky. So I'll see how it evolves more. Um,
0: I feel like this would have been more relevant where I hear last week, but I actually have not had a chance to talk about it on Frametrap yet, and that is um Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Oh, yeah. Um, and this, this is one of those instances where I did the preview, and then I did the review, which I don't feel like happens... I mean, it happens. It definitely happens with some regularity, but it doesn't happen, like, all the time. Um And I remember walking away from that preview and being like, I like this because the core of Borderlands is still good and fun and addicting, but at the same time, it really just feels like more Borderlands, and so I wasn't, like, Overly impressed. I would say after finishing the game, I was definitely, I was impressed with like a strong asterisk where it's like, I think this is a good game. It just needs to calm the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Like it just, and I'll get into that. And so let's, let's focus on the positives first. Um, Not that I don't think like, I think anyone of any... Experience could enjoy this game. I really think you're going to get way, way more out of this game if even just one time in your life you have sat down and played a tabletop role-playing game with people. Yeah. Um. And I, and I really do think that that is like kind of the 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 spirit, the, the spirit of this game, it, and and something that if you've had that experience, it will endear you to it. Where it's like, okay, the people behind this game, like this isn't just window dressing. Mm-hmm. Like they clearly love. D &D, and they've played it enough that these jokes make sense Mm -hmm. and that you've probably been through the same stuff with your friends um and it, it it goes beyond just the jokes something that i loved uh is there's this overworld right and it's like if you had if you really went all crazy uh in tabletop D&D and you had like a, a map, a, a map where you like you you know you put in trees and you did stuff like that yeah. and you had a little figure cuz your little figure is your character that just has like a giant head and like a tiny little body but you're running around and like the river is a soda can that's spilled over or like there's popcorn or there's somebody like dropped a Cheeto um that kind of stuff just adds mm-hmm. some flavor and some personality to it uh without being Like, you you don't spend, like, tons and tons of time in the overworld, but it's neat that you'll run into these shrines, and it's like, hey, do you want to move faster in the overworld? Go collect these pieces. Go do these dungeons. Do all this stuff. Um, So all of that is very neat. And I was also just visually pretty damn impressed. Um, The cel-shaded style... Uh, with the bright colors is just, it's still very strong. It's still very distinct. But some of the levels that they send you to are just wonderfully creative. So there's this one where this giant beanstalk goes and completely uproots a town, right? Mm -hmm. And so now what used to be like a grounded, simple town is like a floating city in the sky that's on beanstalks. And you'll be sliding down, (laughs) you know... uh, giant bead socks and, and stuff like that. What I will say is a disappointment is the enemy variety is not great. Hmm. Um, I feel like in the very last level, I was fighting things that I was fighting in like the tutorial. And it's like... I mean, thematically, that can make sense. But it's like, man, I fought skeletons. a lot of skeletons in this game. Uh, I fought a lot of, basically, Naga from uh, World of Warcraft. I fought a lot of shark things. I fought a lot of dragons. And it's like, none of these things are bad on their own. I just yeah. felt like I was seeing... Uh, too much of the same thing over and over again. Um, But the absolute best part, and really the, the thing that I would say, this is why I like this game, is how much freedom and ownership I felt over my character. And this manifested itself in a bunch of ways. You unlock so much stupid cosmetic bullshit for your character. It's kind of like it's constant. I feel like... You're almost getting as much cosmetic stuff as you are guns. And you're, uh-huh. you're not. You're getting more guns. But, like, the, the point that I'm trying to make is you're getting a lot of cosmetic stuff. And you can go into town and you can be like, I want you to have gold skin and this, like, hot pink armor. And I want to mix all the colors around. And I have a statue of me that's placed throughout town. And I want to customize that. I want it to be a different stand. I want it to be a different material. I have a banner. And I can make that banner, all these different things. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just crazy the amount of stuff that you get. And so... Vis- just on a pure visual level, I feel like you get a lot of ownership of your character, and that's cool, but what really matters is how your character feels to play, and you- there are all these different classes that you can pick, and each class has um, two skills that you can swap between at any time, and so you're like, oh, okay, because like one of mine relied on critical hit damage, and then another one relied on... Uh, melee damage where I would shoot this blade out and I could teleport the blade around and it would spin and do, you know, a bunch of damage in a, in a quick amount of time. And so I was like, oh man, like I, I just kind of want to swap between these and try different things and you get a ton of freedom, right? But what's really crazy in the moment where I was like, holy shit, is there's a multi-class system. And I don't remember exactly when you get this, but there's a point where you get another class, and it's not like you just get some benefits of the new class. It's you are literally playing the entirety of two classes at the same time. So instead of having two active abilities that you can switch between at any time, now you have four. Right, and so my initial character, my Stabomancer, I built it all around critical damage. Right, and I chose the trait early on that gave me a ton of strength and lowered my intelligence. But then I picked the, I forget what it's called, but it's like, it's with magic. I picked the magic user. And it was like, okay, I'm going to choose the active skill that allows me to cast two spells at once. And so suddenly I'm way more concerned about spells than I ever was before. And I have two entire, like, passive skill trees. And it's like, I had to just worry about one. On its own, but now it's like, how do the passive skills here work with the passive skills of my first class? And it's honestly, if you're, I, I'm sure there are some people out there that do not work this way that are just like, I just want to auto equip stuff, just make it strong, so I don't want to think about it too much. I'm sure this isn't going to be that big of a deal for you, but if you are the type of person that loves to, think about this stuff that gets a new weapon and be like, whoa, this changes the in- how I was thinking about my character. Like, there's so much to dig into, and it's really fun when it comes together. And that's the other thing that I think Wonderland's is pretty masterful at, is at the start of the game, because you don't have any skills, really, and your character isn't super well-defined yet, you super have to work around limitations. Where you're like, okay, I got this gun, and I don't like the way it shoots, or maybe it has an extremely small magazine size, but it does the most damage. And so you sort of learn how to play around the limitations. Then you have the mid-game, right, where you're starting to become comfortable with your character, but then you get that second class, and you're like, everything I knew was wrong, right? And so you, you... are starting to relearn again. And then you get to the end game and you've got all these skills on, on, on all these points across all these skills. You finally got like maybe a sick legendary weapon and everything is starting to come together. You're seeing all of your decisions really turn you into this god and you are just melting everything and it feels sick. And it's just such a good pace to that progression that it is immensely satisfying. It's awesome. Uh, really love that.
1: I was going to say, it's. it sounds awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like it's doing a great job in terms of like character progression and like catering however style you want to play for like your character in, in your RP mind. Yes. So doing that at a tabletop that well. Uh-huh. But earlier you mentioned there's not a lot of enemy variety. Correct. So how these actually play out, while you said you, like, at the end you feel like a god, Like, do they really play out in a way that like, that it seems useful and advantageous against any types of enemies or is it merely just yeah. for like our kind of like rp purposes and like headcanon stuff that like it feels sat- like the level of satisfaction you're feeling is it from right. actually fighting the enemies or is it just because what it's offering you in terms of the variety or is maybe it's both
0: um no so the so the it it's a really good question that you're you're answering, and I was not playing on hard. I was playing on normal, and I'm sure that that would affect my perception of of how the encounters go. Um, but it it's not even so much about the variety. The thing about Wonderland's, I feel like Slash Borderlands as a whole is it's not really like okay, you're fighting three of this enemy, and like they have this unique mechanic. It's interesting. It's not it's not how this plays out. Okay. It's like you go into a battlefield, and you're like all right, okay. time to clear through dozens of okay. things, right? And so it's like, you have to, um, it's it's about making your character strong enough to survive that assault, I feel like. But to add on to your point, there were, I feel like a couple, but especially one in particular, was a boss fight where I'm like, oh, this is mechanically interesting. Like I dulled, died multiple times as I was learning the fight, right? So like, think about like a Final Fantasy XIV fight where, the boss fight is fun because you kind of learn it in chunks and you get down individual mechanics. There's a boss fight like that that I did in Wonderlands that had that exact same feeling. And I was like, the game, this is so cool. And I feel like the game is trying to do this here and there, but it needed way more of that. A lot of like the special enemies that I would encounter were just like, oh, they have more health. Like, and it's maybe not that simple, but they they really just felt like kind of beefed up Regular enemies was which was disappointing.
1: Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Do you think because the earlier at the beginning you alluded to like a giant asterisk? Do you do you think like like every the elements for this game like the core that's there for like from Tiny Tina's perspective what they're doing different? Yeah. Do you think it's held back by like the Borderlands kind of like shell like around it or do you think? I don't know, like, do, 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 do you see any, like, limitations because it's still within the context of, like, Borderlands, or... It it works for and against okay. it.
0: Okay. Um, so here's how I would say it works for is, and I don't want to ruin anything, but there are, like, Borderlands characters that you'll meet in this fantasy setting, and it's like, oh, like, the you know, you got to kind of turn this character on their head a little bit, or it's just fun okay. seeing them interact in a fantasy world. And so having that opportunity to kind of be playful with those characters, more so than they already are in Borderlands, I guess, uh, is neat. But then on, like on a fundamental level, and I felt this during the preview, and I never really got over it, is it's just like you have this tabletop setting, you have these fantasy creatures, you have this fantasy land, and it's still just Borderlands guns. Like... You you might try to make them a little bit different, but they they feel like fundamentally exactly like they do mm. in Borderlands. Like oh, yeah. like sure, maybe in the most technical sense you could list out some differences, but these are just Borderlands guns. And granted, you know you can do builds that focus on melee attacks, but I I don't know. I I, I think like the spells are neat. Um, there are spells where it's like you can create like this giant crater that just shoots out, or you can have a comet come down, and th- those things are cool, and I feel like hmm. play on the fantasy elements, but uh, I think the, like, yeah, this is just more Borderlands really comes from the guns and how similar they feel to you know, everything else.
2: Uh, the thing I would be, uh, the thing I'm most curious about is the writing. This okay. is a Borderlands oh, yes. game. Right. <laughs> not, m- not my favorite, but can be fun in small doses, yeah. But I, my experience, it goes in way too hard, too often for okay. my taste. What you said at the
0: end there is is absolutely correct. So I would actually, some of the some of the jokes are legitimately funny, right? Like, like there there are there are jokes that they do, and I'm like, I you know you appreciate it in different ways. We're like, oh, that's just really clever, or that came unexpectedly. And like it's constantly trying, right? Like mm-hmm. um, there there are some things that really landed for me and I, I could take a step back and be like that I, I appreciated that. It's not the quality of the writing that is bad because even characters in the preview, because the the whole setup for Tiny Teen is Wonderlands is Tiny Teen is the, the DM and she's mm-hmm. playing with two characters, right? And at first, cause they're voiced by Wanda Sykes, um, <coughs> and why am I blanking on the other guy's name? It's like Andy Sandberg?
2: Andy Sandberg? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, yeah okay, Andy Sandberg. So they're, they're voicing the two characters. And when I walked away from the preview, I was like, these characters are, are nothing. Like, this guy's just dumb. And Wanda Sykes is just playing this robot character who's just kind of like really wants to play by the rules. And right. they just they seemed very one-dimensional. And what's funny is after finishing the game... They're still one-dimensional, but they really grew on me. Okay. And I think that the game gives them enough space to kind of explore the humor and have their personalities bounce with Tina in a way where it's like, okay, I like them a lot more than I thought I was going to. So there's good stuff. The problem with Tiny Tina's Wonderland is not that the writing is terrible. It's that it just, like... Relentless? It is relentless. Like, yeah. I, I cannot, until you go through it, you cannot understand how relentless it is. Just, like, and you're just like, please, please stop. Like, you don't need to, like...
2: Quip about every you don't single need to, thing. You
0: do not need to quip about fucking everything. Like, they, they just never stop anywhere that they could fit in a joke. They do, and it's like, you guys should have taken out some of these jokes... Just to let the, the, like, it's so bad and they're joking so much that you will constantly, I feel like, interrupt jokes with another joke just because, like, maybe you moved too fast or you did another action and you're just like... For the love of God, just, like, slow down. Like, I think everybody would have more fun Mm -hmm. if you just chilled out for a second. And it's made even worse by the fact, and this is, like, one of the most annoying things in the game, is your player character, right, because you have so much control over the customization, they don't really have a personality. So the way that they fix that is they have them say the same, like, very small handful of lines over and over again, and after, like, 25 hours, you're like, you you never need to say that again. It wasn't funny the first time. You don't need to say it constantly. Like, please just stop.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I always fear with their games, and it seems like it it continues. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a shame because... There's like some you said. There's like good stuff in there,
0: and it's it's not just jokes, right? Like I, I think we're focusing particularly on the humor because the humor is so prevalent, mm-hmm. but I I think it just is suffocating itself to the point where I think it's going to mask the other th- the other areas where it's really accelerating, in, right so. Side quests. There are a ton and ton of side quests, and the side quests are actually like pretty long. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I would say, and something that I like about Wonderland, is the side quests, in terms of like concept and like execution, are just as strong as anything in the main narrative. And like some of these scenarios, you're like, this is really clever. Like, this is a really fully formed scenario that you thought out with interesting characters that have their own bit going on, and that's super funny. I think all of that stuff would stand out way more if you just kind of waited until the player got there and then you went in mm-hmm. on whatever the joke for that side quest is, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, on your way there, they just never shut up. <laughs> and so it all, like, even if you're like, on some level, you're like, this there's this is good, it all kind of like bleeds out, oh, right? Like, it's yeah. just like, it, it's, it's stabbing itself with its own goodness mm-hmm. in, in a weird way. Yeah, and so it's really a shame because like, just with a few... Tweaks. I think it could have been so much better. And humor, of course, is a very subjective yep. thing. And so I'm sure there are going to be people uh, that feel differently about it. But it's not. It's the thing that I want to emphasize. I'm not against the humor that Wonderland is going for. In a lot of cases, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, it just. It's just getting in. It's It's, own just, way. Relentless yeah, it's yeah. just relentless. Yeah. It's just relentless. Yeah. Okay. I, I said in the review that like this game. If this game was another thing, it would be in a a a like. All sugar monster energy drink is
1: what it would be like. That's what it feels like. Oh my!
0: Um, but it's also I, I also liked the the character progression so much that like I'm in on the DLC. Like I want to keep building out my character. I want to keep um, experimenting with stuff. Keep tweaking. Um, I think all that stuff is fun. And I I do think there is a a lot um, to enjoy here for yeah,
2: sure. Cool. Yeah. Like, I'm semi-tempted by it. Yeah. Because, um, like, I like the idea of, like, a D&D game or something like that. Yeah. In B- Borderlands.
0: Yeah. It, I, I And I really do think, like, I have, if you, I feel like you can fall into different camps with this game where it's like, hey, if you really like m- Borderlands and you want more Borderlands, this is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, it doesn't reinvent the Borderlands wheel. It's just more of an already established good thing. hmm or if you have that D&D side of you, but if you're the type of D&D player that like, (laughs) it's so funny, because if you get like really immersed, right, and you take lore super seriously in D&D, or if you're like very by the book and very rules-based, this is gonna be too loosey-goosey for you. Yeah, I this mean, is
2: like—that's how I was used to our D and D Yeah, game, so. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, No, you have to. You have to. Yeah, you have. Basically, if you've played D and D with shitheads and enjoyed it, <laughs> yeah. then maybe this is your lane. Okay, you know. Okay, and we were shitheads, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, like, I, I mean, think you can. We get some, were shitheads. We were <laughs> shitheads. <laughs> you were very kind and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 along those lines. It's curious, it's interesting because like I feel like I've been playing this game in a vacuum. Yeah. Like, I really don't know. I have no idea how, like, people at large feel about it. Um, but it is time for the sizzle. Uh, we got kind of a goofy one. Okay. All right. So this is, this is a hypothetical. If you could have anything happen, and we're going to see this movie. Uh, the Allies are going to see this movie together on Sunday, this coming Sunday. If you could have anything happen with no limitations, if you have anything happen in the Sonic 2 movie, what would it be? Oh, this is a scary
2: question. It is a scary question. That's what I wanted to ask you. Oh, man.
1: Will Sonic have romance with a human character? Oh, Oh, my God. Please, no, (laughs) Damian. That's
2: too dark.
0: Would that be more (laughs) or less weird than... Because, like, in Sonic 06, right, she's a human character, but she's CG. Yeah. Would it be more weird if it was, like, a real-life actor? It's it's
2: all weird, man. (laughs) What I'd want to happen, dude, is, like, either for Sonic and all his friends to get destroyed. Okay, that's, that's a good one. I like that. Or fucking Mario shows up. Holy shit. And it's just, like, a dick to them. He's like, I'm number one. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know what you just made me realize is like, I remember when the first Mario and Sonic Olympics game came out. Yeah. And like, how hype people were. Where they're like, oh my God. It's finally they happened. They said it would never happen, but here they are. They're, they're together competing in this game. But now in retrospect, it's like, yeah. It was a fu- Like, we wasted this on a fucking Olympics game. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I guess you did get it yeah. with uh, Brawl. You got yeah, some Smash, Smash at least. But, like, But yeah. But that's everybody versus everybody. Like, yeah. I want. Yeah, I want a non-Olympics, like, Mario and Sonic platform. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's it's, the dream. I, I, just, I just don't.
2: You don't? <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. I don't. Dude, Sonic does not nearly have as much cachet to me as Mario. Like, not even close. I, see, I grew up with Sonic. And so, so like, So did I, though. Does... Like, I had the Genesis. Sure. But it's like, man, it yeah. was never close for me. I don't
0: think I that's love a crazy some of those pre- Sonic opinion. Years.
2: yeah, but... but, you know, like, it could be probably done cool. Like the idea of Mario and Sonic together, it just doesn't feel like they would gel together at all to me.
0: But the thing here's the thing is if they do a Mario and Sonic platformer, whether it's terrible or great, like it's a win either way.
2: Yeah, like it's just a funny, what if weird beasts? The Mario way. segments are all really good, and, and the, the Sonic ones <laughs> are that would just be the Sonic ones <laughs> are <laughs> just like like
0: they eh, yeah they're decent yeah. yeah.
2: It's like fucking. You got Super Mario Odyssey, then you got like. Sonic the Black Knight segment sure whatever yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah sure. okay yeah okay. Let's do, um all right so this is this probably says a lot about me but this is the first thing that I thought of I want in the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie I want there to be an inflation porn joke but I want it to be subtle enough where you just go like uh, really like and you don't know and you like have to look it up which obviously leads you down a dark path but I That was the first thing that my. What if he?
2: What if Sonic gets a DeviantArt account or something like that? Or
0: just like, just like in the corner of the frame, you see like the DeviantArt. Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly. You're you're right on the same page with me.
2: (coughs) Or Silver shows up, just everybody. Pedro Salva is gonna be Knuckles.
1: I know, dude. It's gonna be It's gonna be wild. Do you think we get like a more portly? Depiction of I Jim want Carrey. It. i do you want think he's gonna so like bad. put on the weight or something in I the park want just to um, like do it?
0: Maybe, yeah. Cause he has admittedly, I feel like he doesn't act anything like Eggman in the games. Yeah. He just doesn't. <laughs> but it's a great energy mm. and he looks good, but Eggman should be fat. It's in the name. Yeah.
2: I think, honestly, Jim Carrey has a more threatening presence as Eggman than the (laughs) actual Eggman. Yeah, he's unhinged. Like, Eggman in the games is just, like, never scary or seems like a big threat to me.
0: True, true, but you know how he makes up for that? Comedy? No. He, Eggman in the games, has these super sick machines that are your boss for. Yeah, yeah, the robot, like Metal Sonic, yeah. Like, come on, what we need, we need Jim Carrey... Floating in like this little metal saucer with a giant wrecking ball. Yeah, attached to it. that's yeah. what that's we need. That's true. You're right.
2: Yeah, that's his energy. And, and We yeah. need a, a, a spaceship out in there with Shadow the Hedgehog being made on it, or whatever, like his Sonic Adventure Two story or some shit.
0: If you could have Shadow be voiced by with anybody, who the would guns? It be?
2: Shadow? Hmm. Seth Rogen. Hmm. I was thinking that. <laughs> I would be okay with that. That would be okay to me. Or,
0: or James Franco as Shadow the Hedgehog would be pretty amazing oh man spring breakers vibes <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nicolas Cage dude Nicolas there Cage you go. <laughs> have you Cage seen the true. trailer yeah I want yeah. to yeah, uh, see it for
0: the unbearable way to mess out. up that movie's gonna be a fucking hit. yeah, <laughs> yeah. alright um, this Sonic Sizzler is brought to you by quite a few uh, shout out to your sponsors shout out to your patrons um, for this I want you to give me, after I read all of these names, I want you to give me your best movie Sonic voice. It could be any character. Okay. Shout out to L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick, Raymond Wheeler III, Zatwan Duot, Anna Croth and Jabba Wobbs. I could really go for Shout some out- chili dogs.
2: <laughs> hey, all right.
0: <laughs> you guys really gave that your all. I appreciate that. Damiani, this is the perfect game to talk about after we have a live-action Sonic conversation, and that is Final Fantasy Origin: Stranger Paradise. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's go.
2: This game's tight. Yeah, man. Sonic could show up in this game. if <laughs> yeah. the way things are <laughs> yeah, going. Man.
1: He'd look right in place. I with would all welcome this. Sonic Dummy in this Dummy, game.
0: Damiani, I don't know if you had this experience, but there were there were a few story scenes that I've seen, and I'm like. Did I miss something? Like, do I need to go back and... <laughs> no. Nope,
1: That's dude. Play like, normal. <laughs> replaying it with Brad again, even seeing it a second time, was like, this shit doesn't make sense. Uh, like, yeah. where are we going? What? There's so many questions I but have. But it doesn't but not, feel intentional. It's no. I think they just ran out of time. <laughs> I think this game had a hard release date, and they're like, get it out. We don't care what. It's for the anniversary. Just put it out there. And they, like... The very intro, it's like black screen with white text. You've been here for three weeks fighting adventures. <laughs> I'm like, what? Is this reverse Xenogears? Are you giving me the ending of Gears at the beginning of this game here? Like all text novel based? What? They have a conversation. Oh, God. And they're like, I don't even remember because
0: it's insane. And they're like, you're such a forgetful person. Yeah, you're right. I am a forgetful person. Like, maybe you just forgot about that thing that happened to you. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah,
1: I mean... You were talking about it too, Brad. Like, I mean, it's not helped by the fact that like some of the characters just like look freaking bad and like weird and stuff. Like, it's just the w- entire game looks like bad. it's just, it's just <laughs> the like, game it's just, looks, I'm playing in performance mode. But it looks too. Bad. It's just yeah. like this weird. Like, maybe it's a end of ps or You started PS4. It does. It does. Game does look like that, that. Like, feels like this game would have. F- been right at home on like the 360 back in the day like one it of those B- levels gen
0: with ps3 and PS4 yeah yeah, yeah.
1: exactly and if and like the like just the structure of the game like this is this is a throwback game here but trying to do it now it, it feels like it's it comes off as comical, mm-hmm. but I swear they are not in on the joke. Absolutely they are not. They absolutely no think this is serious, yes. and like this week, we have a vision for this game. we're yeah. Like, well, I'm kind of laughing at your vision right now.
0: I, I saw something. I think again. I think it was an IGN interview where they're like, "It all comes together in the end," and
2: it's like, "Boy,
0: <laughs> I gotta see that got to see that ending." <laughs> yeah, that ending <laughs> must
1: be something
2: special. Yeah. Yo, but for real, yeah. Jack is one of the sickest characters in a long time. I'm not even kidding. I love Jack. He's Cassine a cutscene skipper. Doesn't give a yeah, exactly. fuck he is. about he's anything. He is a cu- he's he's a fire character. Yeah. He punches like everyone in the face. Like I love Jack.
0: I, I have. I can't think of a character in recent memory, except for maybe right the Doom Slayer, which yeah. is the joke of the Doom Slayer. He's he's so singularly focused on one thing, it's amazing, yeah.
2: Like, the the bride talking to him or the princess o- at the o- beginning Prince of the game, Sarah. and yeah. he's just like, uh, chaos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, Give me it's, the fuck out of here. Like, he, really, he communicates so much to, like, grunts and moans. I know, it's like, so good. so much. He, and he has a, the
0: same attitude as, like, a freshman goth.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the zoom ins, like there must have been like 20 zoom ins on his face with yeah. a dramatic pose. It's like, is this Zooland here? Like, what? I like, come on.
0: This happened multiple times. So it's quite long. I think I spent like four hours with it. But like the the, the demo that they did right before release, mm-hmm. it gives you like the first chunk of the game. And I played through that. Um, And it's nice because you can carry your pro- progress over. And I desperately want to get back to it because I'm having a blast with this game and we'll get to it. But you can only bring in, besides Jack, two other characters with you, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Normally how a game would mm-hmm. handle this is when you get in, whatever like, sort of incidental dialogue that they have would just be with the characters that you have with you not Stranger of Paradise, yep. you will just have conversations with people <laughs> who are not there. Yeah. And they don't contextualize it with like a codec or anything.
2: You're just talking <laughs> well, to air. It's really weird that it's three because you're supposed to be the four warriors yeah, of light. It's a and and I'm four like, person
1: party. <laughs> I'm like, why is Again, it not four? It's because the game had to come out by a certain date and they could, <laughs> They needed to trim a character. Like we can't do four player right now, do three player. Keep, it's like Keep talking, I'm gonna go grab a Coke Zero. <laughs> But, my God, this is a fun, stupid game to play, though. Yeah, it's so good. It's so stupid. Which is funny because I think I've played more of this game multiplayer with with, with other people than I played solo, Mm -hmm. and I really think these types of games are colored by that type of uh, the way you play it, like how you perceive it, because I think while I might be laughing at the story a lot... And appreciating some of the gameplay. Like it's almost like brain dead having fun when we're playing through what, on the hardest difficulty yeah. on multiplayer. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just stupid fun. Yeah, and seeing the jobs, like every time we're unlocking a new job, like okay, sick, like let's try, like mm, when you try this, got dragoon finally to do yeah. jump and stuff, Dude. and I finally got samurai unlocked mm-hmm. and was able to like okay, now I can do stances and stuff and do charged attacks, like gap close across. I'm like this it, once it evolves, it, mm-hmm. like in that moment when I realize like the combo system is not like a fighting. I thought it was gonna like it was character action ridiculous, but it's not. Everything you do just builds up to you just get like. Whatever amount of R1s you hit, mostly the yeah. R2 will change. Like when that moment clicked, I'm sorry. Like the game, I felt like it didn't explain it very well to mm. me. But I was just, we're just looking at the freaking HUD. I'm like, oh, the R2 changes based on. Oh, I get it now. So it's just situational based. On that. It's not directional inputs. It's not like R R1 R2 R R1 R2 R R1 like like combo strings like that. It's just basic R1 R2. R1, R1, R2. And it's like four of those, and then there's four of those while holding any direction. I'm like, this is fun. Like, once Mm -hmm. that clicked, I was like, this isn't that difficult. Mm -hmm. And, man, there's so many jobs I want to try out in that. And I love how you could just, like, toggle between two jobs instantaneously. And it's actually part of your combo strategy. Like, at the end of, like, an R2, you can hit the triangle button and switch over from, like, oh, I'm back on my, like, uh, um, on Dragoon now. Mm -hmm. So I could follow this up with the job. It's like, dude. There actually is a lot of fun to be had with this battle yeah. system.
0: The, the first demo did not prepare me for the job system because, like, job system, you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to get to try out a couple of different things and I'll find a few that I like. This game is like, no, we are going to throw so many goddamn jobs at you, not throughout the course of the game, immediately. The tutorial level. We are going mm. to drown you in jobs and you just have access to all of them. And then those jobs lead into other jobs. It's like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And it's sick. Yeah, like, it's just sick. Like, like I haven't even been able to mess around with all the jobs yet. But I, when I switch, I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Like, they're just fun and distinctive. And yeah, yeah it's... You said it the, the best way, Damiani, is... This game is just kind of a blast. Like, it's just really fun to play. It's Your characters
2: feel good. Hot mess, but it's a lot of fun yes. to play. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We were like seven of the year. Yeah, this like, is this our is, seven like, of the we, year. I feel like Honestly. We're going to have to find a way to just get out a review of it, even if it's like the trashiest review, yeah. just to like qualify it for best seven for our Game of the Year mm-hmm. awards next year because this absolutely, I feel like, needs yeah. to be in that conversation.
0: I feel like so far, though, every negative thing that it has is not a real negative because when I think about things like when you think about a negative it's like oh this detracts from my experience the nonsense is only adding to mm-hmm. it you know what I mean it, like I can't honestly I can't think of too many things about this game that I that I don't like like I think the enemies are, are fun and interesting yeah. to
2: fight I'm gonna a few things the well the game's ugly as sin it is extremely ugly it looks ugly. way worse than it should yes I it's think like there's, blurry. Yeah, I think there's too much oh, gear. Yeah, yes. too much. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. And yes. this is like a personal thing, but I'm I'm really hoping like the late game gear for specific jobs looks like more traditional versions of those jobs. Mm. Yeah, like I hope the dragoon set late game looks more like what I picture as a dragoon, not like. A I think black that's coat fair. And a headband or something. Yeah, yeah, I because, think that's fair. I mean, it is a good criticism.
1: They might have done that for the simplicity's sake. Yeah. Is that like w- best gear just carries across every job? Like, yeah, it yeah, doesn't, yeah. there's no like gear sets that are like, as far as we've seen, that like, oh, your Matter. dragon should be wearing these pieces of armor. Uh, your samurai should be wearing this. Your paladin should be wearing this. Like, no, it's just like whatever is the best in slot. You can just like hit the quite yeah. an optimal, and it just ca- it's like for everything.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm sure that this will change later on. Yeah, but it is kind of annoying. You know, where I'm at in the game, like, roughly four hours in, where it's, like, there's no reason to not hit that auto-equip. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, Like, I, I think it's good that it's there, but I would love to, like, have to put in a little Some, bit more thought into what I'm equipping. Someone in chat just don't.
2: said, you don't have to worry about that till you, like, beat the game. Yeah. Which that, reminded me of, like, Neo, yeah, kind of. Like, uh, Neo is when well, it really... It uh, yeah, that. obviously, yeah. it's the same people, so yeah. it's, like... That matters later on, and
0: I do feel like with Neo, it does get interesting with gear. But I just, I just think it takes, Too yeah, long? yeah, it, it's because it's just like, why even have gear if I don't need to really think about it in any meaningful way? Yeah, you know, hours into the experience. Like,
1: the one thing I would like to maybe we're just underutilizing it, but it seems pretty straightforward to. The, the Beastmaster the beast master blue mage ability yeah, to like absorb something temporarily yeah. and like use it back. Although yeah. it was there was one part and I would like to see more of that. Like so yes you can bring like a, a caster, like a black mage or mm-hmm. just like the 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 mage in general and like use a lightning ability on like the puddle on the water elemental and it will like stun it or any enemy and will stun it. But at the same time, there's sometimes I like when there are enemies that like oh it will shoot lightning at you. You can absorb it no matter what you are, and then switch targets and use it on that. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it needs a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some of the later bosses maybe. have that because yeah. the system right now is like whale on stuff, then like play defense. And like it's it's interesting how there's a color code for the attacks like reds and undodgeable. Mm-hmm. Orange means you could like block it, possibly parry it. And then there's the purple, which is like the absorb. So it, it seems too straightforward and basic. Like it's not gratifying just yet. Like mm. at first it was like, oh that's cool, but now it's like, eh, don't this is really not anything special yet.
0: Maybe maybe I'm still in that, you know, at first phase. Uh, but I really love the absorption of enemy powers and then I love that element Mm -hmm. of of combat because you put yourself at risk to do it and then it's like, I'm destroying you with your own thing. This is a point that I actually wanted to touch upon is uh, I feel like Souls-like games are a little bit too literal in their inspiration where it's like, not only are we going to play like Dark Souls, we need to be as hard as Dark Souls. And I don't feel like Stranger of Paradise is... By default, that challenging of a game. It's not that it doesn't have any challenge, but I feel like it's more about uh, a feeling of, of empowerment. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, it's about, it is in about. some ways, it reminds me of a Musou game, more, much more so than it does Neo. like a Neo or, or yeah, or It's Souls way game. easier than Neo. I feel like it's, it's, it's more flexible and action oriented yeah Yeah, because it's um, the final fantasy game they want it right right but i but i just think like because of that approach right because it's not like leaning as hard into the difficulty it's kind of like carving out this nice space that despite all of these souls likes coming Mm -hmm. out over the years like really hasn't been explored all that
1: well Mm -hmm. yeah there's a good point you when you put up muso because like when i was saying like it felt like 360 editor game. It was, mm-hmm. reminds me of like things like 99 Nights or uh, the what's that stupid trashy game X Blade or whatever. Like those mm-hmm. B-level character action light-type games and like Muso light games that were just stage-driven. And you had like a character or maybe an extra character fighting with you, and it was just like beat them up and stuff. And it's right. a power trip, but like they're just not very high budget, and right. they're they were largely throwaway. Whereas this, they're leveraging the Final Fantasy, and this is something maybe. I'm slightly underwhelmed in is um the paying tribute stuff. Like they do it kind of subtly. Like remember our chat was pointing out like, the Final Fantasy Nine thing later or something it was like one of the like the most obscure random things. Like yeah. someone in our chat was like a huge Final Fantasy Nine f- fan and they, we haven't gotten to that level yet. And they're like, I'm a huge fan. I couldn't even tell you it was a Final Fantasy Nine inspired stage until I looked it up. Interesting. I wonder if I'd
0: be able to recognize it. Yeah, because yeah. like
1: one of the stages early on was Final Fantasy Two. I'm like, oh this is Final Fantasy Two? Like, I mean that's a hard one, but Even the Final Fantasy 13 stage, Uh the the music's what gives it away, but like the vibes of the stage, I'm like, this is still a little generic. It's like loose interpretations because each stage is supposed to be a representation of a numbered Final Fantasy. Mm. It's not enough. And I don't know if it's like, was a directive from them, like, just don't go overboard with this. But to be like a celebration of like Final Fantasy, I, I guess I kind of was hoping for. A little bit more there. Mm. I, I don't know. Like it, it, yeah, it, it, it seems sure. oh, like a missed opportunity in some regards because of how stupid this game is narratively. Like right. they could have. This is the perfect place to try out some of that stuff, in my opinion.
0: It is very strange, and maybe that this will come into play later on. But like. On, on one end, I think it works to the game's benefit because, right, like in Final Fantasy One, the pirate boss that you fight is is a nothing character. He's literally a nothing character. But here, you know, he has a personality. He has a way of speaking. He has, um, uh, he, he's, a, he's a character. And so right. I think it's neat that they, they can take Final Fantasy One and purposefully, you know, influence, uh... Like or not uh, elaborate on is a better mm-hmm. way of saying. Yeah, flesh
1: them right. out a that, little. That's good because it yeah. is it is supposed to be a Final Fantasy one game first right. and foremost. So like the getting that stuff, I think maybe uh, it, I'm just not the biggest fan of Final Fantasy one like sure. and its lore. But they are, I guess, well, in that, that regard, to do. There's it. not much there. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right yeah. on that. I guess we were talking about this. That I was struggling to find the the words to put the words out there. But when I was talking about you on the stream, um, something in an alternate reality where the city wasn't a fighting game but was this. Where like you have the crossover of all the different Final Fantasy games, but it's a, this type of game, so your party members could be like, I got Cloud, I got Squall, and like we're playing multiplayer and we're going through like environments like this. Yeah. That seems like the mo- more potential, like better potential for something like this. And yeah. I was kind of lamenting that mm. as we're playing that along, like man, there's there was a really good opportunity here, and this is this is special. Like it's even though it's not great, it's doing something unique. But man, like. I, I hope they come back to it again at some point because yeah, this too. feels so rushed. Yeah. I I, under, it does. I understand that, like maybe that was like the whole thing it was just, they ran out of budget we got to stop it but there is a lot of potential with this type of game format right. I, and and I hope yeah I hope they revisit it. Yeah.
0: It th- this game I I want to like study this game under a microscope because it's such a it's truly I hope people don't sleep on this game if you care about Final Fantasy because it is it is a beautiful mess mm-hmm. where like this game has to have some of the worst art direction I've seen in recent memory. Where it's not that the, the art direction is innately terrible, but it's like you were saying, like, there's there's so very little, and you mentioned this with the outfits, that it's like, why are you even calling this like a Final Fantasy I game? Mm-hmm. Like, the the so much of the aesthetic is so far removed from Final Fantasy I that it's not even like remotely evocative of that. It's like, it feels like at times it's like, this feels like final fantasy 15 Mm -hmm. instead of final fantasy one. But then sometimes I feel like you'll have very overt final fantasy one references. And it's because like, you have all of these incongruous elements Mm -hmm. along with him saying bullshit and putting the headphones in his head. It's just like, none of this is adding up, Yeah. but in the same way it's adding up to be this beautiful mess. Like it's so weird. And like, I, I don't think artistically or visually this game is is very impressive, but it is saved by the mechanics, and so I think if it had more of that tribute stuff without being pandering, like for example, I think Final Fantasy XIV is the perfect yeah, thing to that's look like the at ultimate. here, where it's like Final Fantasy XIV is constantly pandering. Like there is there are so many things in Final Fantasy XIV where it's like. No, it's just, do you remember this thing? Mm-hmm. But it's able to carve out its own identity and its own world that you're never annoyed by the pander, right? Like, Final Fantasy fourteen at this point is not... Its reputation isn't built up on how hard it panders to Final Fantasy fans. It's how hard it stands on its own two feet with its world and its characters. And I think that if this game was capable of something like that, it would be much better served. Exactly. Like, Like, if they make A Stranger of Paradise 2, like, yeah, it's fun to laugh at Jack now. I don't know if it's going to be as fun to laugh at him in the sequel,
2: right? Yeah. If you are Jack, who knows? Yeah.
1: Dude, Jack is back. Yeah, you have, you, have you finished this, Damiani? No, because okay. I'm waiting no, to play. Yeah. I think we're... Uh, uh, Brad, Huber, and I are kind of synced up now. We're at the same point in progress. Okay, so, how far are you guys in? Uh... Started the fifth or sixth yeah, mission, like yeah. so a little oh, bit further than where you are, just but not, it. Not, very far, not not very far, not much. Yeah, so if okay. they had four player Ben. You know, okay, we no, could no. have
0: teamed up as four here. I wasn't even thinking about that. I would just would love to sit down with you guys <laughs> yeah. on a spoiler mode. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. When, yeah we when we see, when we we to see this that this ending that everyone when we see that ending, about. yeah, because I feel like this is one of those things where we have the frame trap conversation, and then later on it's like, oh, yeah. okay, like all this, not all this stuff, but some of this stuff. Um, gets resolved. I think this is a... I think
2: this is a good game. Yeah, it is. I think it's a good game. I feel like it's... Better than
1: I expected, for sure.
0: I feel like it's one of those games that feels out of time, where, like, I feel like you would play, like, a lot of PS2 games back in the days, and you're like, okay, like, this is an unpolished mess, but... It's beautiful. Like, it's, you know, like, mm-hmm. for all of the things that it may not have going for it, it has, like, this undeniable heart and, like, weirdly unshakable sense of fun that you're just, like, you're just kind of in love with you it. You can't deny it. Yeah, I feel like, in a way, I'm almost enjoying this game more as its own thing than because I am a huge Final Fantasy right. fan. You know what I mean? Like, it, as you were saying, Damiani, it's not that great on Final Fantasy Tribute stuff. But I just like fighting things. I like messing with the jobs. Uh, I like the affinity system, where like the more points you put into affinity, you can level up things at the same mm-hmm. time. All that stuff is neat. I like that they make it fairly easy to level up other jobs if you haven't been using mm-hmm. them. Um, so they give you a lot of reason to experiment.
2: I like some of the enemies, dude. Like Tonberries are in there. Dude. Tomberries are in there. That's cool, man. Finding. Yeah. Don't
1: What's mess with stuff? them, man. I mean, yeah.
0: I've, Chef's knife. I ran into a Tom Berry and it wasn't... I was like worried because I'm like, oh man, this is it. This is going to kill me and it wasn't that big of a deal but maybe later on. The Cactuars, I feel like they're like little scurrying mm-hmm. bastards which is perfect.
2: That's nice. We got taken out by Tom Barry.
1: Yeah, one point. Well, I, was we got to, well, I was trying to stab. I was trying to see if you absorb, absorb one of its powers because you could do that on the Cactuar, you can absorb mm-hmm. thousand needles oh. and use it right back. on I was like, oh, sick! Mm-hmm. So going for that risk reward. But yeah, you know, whatever it did, just like yeah. paralyze all of us and just did a one-shot really, like, one shot. And
2: you're like your all all finisher right. attack where they turn to crystal, like just something about the, oh, like punching yeah. them in the face <laughs> and them turning. They crystal really go is into so those sick. animations, yeah, for the different. Like, this is awesome. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um, uh,
1: I, uh, on the tip but of but my
0: tongue. But, but
1: Stranger of Paradise 2.
0: Stranger of Paradise 2. No, Give it some no. more time. Oh, more budget. your AI companions are like not worthless. Yeah they're, like. Not worthless. Okay. yeah, they're not
1: worthless. Okay. They're not worthless.
0: Yeah, so. I, I mean, I'm not going to like sit here and be like, oh my God, they're the smartest things ever. But yeah, I but feel they, like
2: they could definitely be worse.
0: Yeah, I feel like they do the job of. Hey, like, take aggro from me for a second, like, decently well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brad, a uh, game that I feel like has been getting a very mixed reaction, another one that I previewed and was like, hey, I like this, I, but I can also totally understand why other people don't, is Ghostware Tokyo.
2: Yeah. Oh. Hey, I like this Okay, do you? Okay. Yeah, I like this.
0: I, I thought there was a 50-50 chance on you yeah, saying like whether this. or not you like this. Okay. Well...
2: We here at Easy Allies are all big fans of tango. Yes. So I guess it's kind of no surprise that many of us like this game.
0: Maybe I'm incorrect, but in terms of, like, the game journalist circle, I feel like we're the biggest tango yeah, fans in are. the industry. Absolutely yeah, we are.
2: Absolutely we are. Okay, okay. Yeah, no one talks about the evil within no, or evil within, I feel too, like, like us. I feel like no, no one. one talks no about one. the evil within as much <laughs> as we do. Yeah, no one yeah. does. Yeah. But, yeah, so this is, like, a a really cool open world game i was surprised I was like oh open world game yeah it's an open world game it is a very i open was like world well game, what the yeah. hell when i hopped into this mm-hmm. but it's it does a lot of the open world stuff and mm-hmm. if you're burnt out on that it might not be for you but i think the setting of this game is so well done it's yes. so cool like yes. i don't know what district of tokyo is it shibuya that you t- you're in this or whatever i don't uh, know whatever i it believe is. it is shibuya yeah i want to say that that but is like, correct but I the whole game takes place in like shibuya and you're going through these like the game's like constantly like wet ground or rain mm-hmm. coming and very at night, very atmospheric, you know, you're going by little shops, you go to convenience stores like a little ghost cat selling you stuff. It reminds me of Yakuza in kind of a way. Yeah. But if all hell broke loose, kind of thing.
0: It it Brad, it's definitely one of those things where I have to uh recognize my own intense bias where I think it just does Japan yeah. and, 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 and indulges in the culture Absolutely of Japan so much it where it's like, okay, of course I'm going to like this. Yeah. But I think it commits to it enough and follows through on it enough yeah. that I haven't had this feeling where it's like, oh, this is such an authentic portrayal of Japan mm-hmm. since I originally dove into Yakuza yeah. way back in the day. Totally. Yeah, um, and that that was definitely appeal of those games, and I, I feel that vibe yeah.
2: uh, carrying over here. And like, I like the combat a lot in this game.
0: I like the combat. there is not much to it but I do enjoy it
2: right it's not like super crazy complex. It's yeah. like first person shooter just a little more flary, I guess yeah a little more showy. you're,
0: you're shooting you're,
2: you're shooting your like different around. elements yeah. and you're yeah. doing these cool hand sizes you got like your wind. For, like, quick little shots. You got your water one that can kind of do splashdown. Your shotgun, down. yeah. yeah, shotgun, yeah. Yep. And your fire is, like, your your magnum or your RPG or something like that, which is cool. And you got a bow and arrow you get later on. You can use, yep. like, shoot, which is nice. Yep. But, I like, I like being in the world and seeing a dog there. Uh-huh. And he, like, talks to you. You can, like, talk to animals a lot in this game. Yeah. And then you, like, give him some dog food. And he's like, oh, thanks. Yeah, and he'll dig you and up he'll something. dig you up some treasure. Yep. I'm like, this is sick. I love this shit. Yeah, yeah. Or, like some of the side quests, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you find these spirits that are cursed out there. They tell you problems, and you may go into like an interior, like a hospital, which is really cool interiors to go into. They're really sick, and you like yeah. take out some some evil spirits to like help them get through the thing. It's just good. This game is not scary at all. No, at all, it's not. It has a creep factor, which I like. Yeah, but you can easily play this game and not get scared one bit.
0: I feel like it's not. It's not like trying to be scary you know, it feels like it's, it's like not. weeb ghostbusters yes you know it <laughs> like, is
2: and it's like weeb light survival horror ghostbusters yes like yes. there's a survival horror aspect to it but like i'm playing on hard mm. and like i never run out of my energy ever
0: interesting when i in the preview there was definitely a point where i did you can but yeah. it's
2: like there's so much like there's little objects out in the world they could just break to get ammo yeah Like, there's encounters where I have to, like, think about what I'm doing, but Mm -hmm. it's not nearly as hard as, like, I'm thinking about when I did in, like, Evil Within or Resident Evil. You're like, yeah, man, I got one shot with this gun. I better make it count, kind of thing like that.
0: Yeah, it is. If if you're thinking classic survival horror or Evil Within, it's much more, it's it's
2: much more, like, arcadey, in my opinion.
0: It's funny because, in contrast to. Stranger of Paradise, where we talked about art direction and Mm -hmm. maybe it not being the best all the time. Oh, my God. I think it's great. The art direction in this game is
2: fantastic. The enemies look so cool in this game. Like, all the environments look great.
0: And it's not just visually. It is the animation that really gives these uh, These, these enemies Yeah, it looks super good. Um, Like, the fact that you have, like, headless schoolgirls, like, just flipping, kicking mm -hmm. all around. mm -hmm. You've got, like, like spirit school boys
2: doing drop kicks mm-hmm.
0: or like the the giant scissor lady yeah who, like i feel like attacks with such it's a crossy cool. that she is kind of yeah, frightening they could be yeah. like some
2: of those guys can be frightening but yeah. it's like you know maybe if you get the jump on these guys you can sneak attack yeah a few of them or something yeah that bow the bow is nice yeah mm-hmm. the bow is nice um what was i gonna say i liked something about this something I just... that
0: really caught me off guard uh, is the the verticality of this game and the Tengu where you're like, oh, oh yeah. Like, it's dude, fun just shooting up in the air and exploring. It's really the tops fun doing that. Buildings. But,
2: dude, the Tengu's, I wish I could mute them because they're oh, so annoying yeah. sometimes. They're like,
0: bah, bah, yeah, it is kind of constant.
2: Like, sure. I'm just in the zone on the street right now, just getting immersed. Like, bah, bah, bah. yeah. And I looked in the options, like, oh, God, guys, shut this thing <laughs> up. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I actually think
0: you're kind of tapping into the lesser sides of Ghostwire Tokyo where, like, I think it has good ideas, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's just a little bit too much. And I felt this during the preview where I was like, man, I'm enjoying these side quests, but did you have to give me this many in just chapter two? Yeah, it's like, Like, boom, 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 boom. I don't remember how many it was, but it's like, I feel like you gave me a dozen side quests like Mm -hmm. just here Mm -hmm. or like, it's fun, going and collecting the spirits in the paper like yeah. it's a cool activity you do that a lot though it, it's just it everywhere all the time yeah. you're like oh i'm full i better go catch. it definitely in. Oh, is
2: guilty of like a lot of things on the map yeah you do you know you find like some uh, some objects out there for like these little cats like side quests for cats and you give them these items And like there's a lot of those to find out there a lot yeah. of those spirits to find out there but man it does do a lot of those very typical open world things that you'd expect from a game, like yeah. a Ubisoft game or something like that. But the game is still really fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a good time. It's probably because of the combat, because mm-hmm. it feels a little d- different enough. And the environment in the art direction is just so good. Right. And I actually like the story. It's like very mysterious, the whole story thing. But you're like with this guy, KK, who's yeah. in your body. Stuff like that. Like, I like this. I'm, I'm in finding out this stuff.
0: I think... Actually, much. It's funny because it, it, I'm like, man, I could say the exact same thing about Resident Evil. I don't hear me out, okay? Let me finish the complete thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Resident Evil has great characters. Sure, but I love them, mm. right? So it, it it manages to do this thing where I don't think these characters are necessarily remarkable on their own, but they have something about them, they have so much personality.
2: They have some charisma about them. Yeah, despite just maybe not always
0: having tremendous depth, they're yeah. immediate there's they're so immensely likable. Like, think about Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil 4. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love him. He says the stupidest bullshit. Yeah. I don't know how you could play through that game and not have some affection towards it. But there's not that much to his character. Yeah. I think Tango is the exact same way. I don't think the characters in Evil Within are great. Mm-hmm. I love them. Yeah. I could say the same about Ghost Warrior Tokyo. Now, did you play the prologue?
2: I played the... Yeah, yeah. The visual novel. Yeah. Because
0: I really think that that helps endear you to the characters more than... I don't know
2: if I finished it all. Like, I played it, and it, like, ended, and I felt like it seemed to end weird. I don't know if I messed something up during it. It didn't feel as, like, conclusive. That can
0: happen, I feel like. There there are, like... Okay. You made the wrong decision, so now it's over, but you may not have seen the whole... Story
2: okay, okay. I was like, this feels we kind of about loose it. Yeah. about it, but yeah, but at the same time, like, I got a kind of idea what their sure. whole crew was before. Like, I That's didn't get really the whole message, need. but yeah. like, now that I'm playing the game, I understand this position these characters were in before all this went down,
0: yeah, because like KK is just a classic Shinji Mikami. Gruff old man character, yeah. He's Sebastian, or yeah. he's Sebastian. But you're like, god damn it, I love you again. You know, yeah. like he, I just love yeah, you. Yeah, you're yeah. just
2: so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, same shit I've been playing forever, but I'm cool with it, man. But yeah, I really I like this. So game. much shit to play. I like this game a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it's one of those games, right? Like, there is no way Ghostware Tokyo is going to be in our top ten games of 2022. Maybe personal. Maybe personal. We'll see. Th- but you're touching on it. Though. Yeah, You're maybe touching on it where it's just like, uh, you know, I could sit here and talk all day about Elder Ring. It's an amazing mm-hmm. game, blah, blah, blah. We, we all know that. where to Tokyo is that, like, seven or eight mm-hmm. where you're like, this is exactly sings, what I want sings you to me. be. Yeah, yeah, it sings It sings yeah. To, yeah, yeah. to that Definitely. person. Yeah, yeah, Um, Last game I'm going to talk about is a game – Uh. Actually, th- this was an Audible by Bloodworth. Oh, I was going to put time into something else, and he's like, "Hey, you want to check out uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga?" Oh, right, saga? yeah, uh, yeah. And um, it is this is okay. I have a lot. I have more complicated thoughts about this game than I was expecting to. Okay, because I play so there's there's n- the way it works is there are all of the movies, all all of the 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 Skywalker Saga movies in this. So you have. The original trilogy of the prequels, and then you have the Disney sequels. All of them. And I played through, and it took me, I don't know, like an hour and a half, two hours, something like that. Somewhere between one and two hours, I played through all of episode four. And I was like, that was really fun. It felt like you condensed it down perfectly. Uh, It felt like there was enough going on in the levels where I was solving little puzzles. It was, it felt like okay, these guys have been making Lego games for, like, <laughs> the last 22 yeah. years, and you can tell. Like, they've got this shit down to a science. Like, it's just... It's so refined. And visually, I would... That's, that's what really caught me off guard is I'm like, damn, this is a good-looking game. Like, the it just... Everything is so crisp and clean and like even on like the Lego hands you can see like a little seam and you're like, oh, that's how the actual product has it. So there's this wonderful, like immaculate attention to detail. The animations are spectacular when they're doing the cutscenes. They're saying the exact lines from the movie, but they'll have little visual jokes in there or something. The humor yeah. Does the exact opposite of Wonderland where it's good, but it's not constantly in your face. It comes in pretty regularly just to keep things cute, just to keep things lively. And uh, it was neat going through episode four because you had like these sort of puzzle-based levels where you're trying to solve stuff. You have to uh, defend Chewie as he's repairing the Millennium Falcon uh, so you can get out of Moss Eisley. That was fun. You do you, you're piloting an X-wing, and of course you're doing the the trench run. All that stuff is great. Okay. Then I was like, okay, I could move on to Empire Strikes Back because within a trilogy you have to do the first, second, and third, right? So to do Empire Strikes Back, you have to beat a new the first Hulk. one. Yeah, but you can jump around between trilogies between the trilogy. So I was like, rather than move on to Empire Strikes Back, and I play I played this game for like. Three four hours today, something like that. Uh, I jumped into Phantom Menace, okay, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What happened here?" <sighs> like visually, and and the humor and all of that stuff, it was still there. But I was going through multiple missions, and I'm like, "I feel like that lasted two minutes, and I did nothing." Oh, and I was like, "It like it it was fine, but it was it was it felt so rushed and so simplistic that." Like, it's, like, just slow down. I felt like I was, like, I was, like, 30 minutes in, and I was, like, I've I've been burned through so much of the movie. And this is aided by the fact that in between levels, they kind of have this open world structure where you can explore, you can do side missions, you can get extra bricks, which you can use for upgrades. And I think the upgrade system is really cool, because not only do you have, like, general upgrades, but if you're just free-roaming and doing side missions, you can pick your team up of anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, of course I'm going to put the Mandalorian on my team. He's got Grogu with him. And, like, the, you can do upgrades by category. So let's say you want to level up your bounty hunters, you want to level up your protocol droids, so on and so forth. So I think that that's a neat system. Uh, I think having some breathing room in between the missions is good. I did the pod race in episode one, and it had this neat first-person perspective. Cool, uh, But... Like, I feel like you can get... I I don't know yet. I'm not at the end. But I feel like you can get through episode one so fast and there's not enough meat on the bones of the mission that it's like, this is technically well made, but I feel like maybe by doing nine movies, I know you guys are capable of of good level design. I saw it in the levels that I was doing with New Hope, but I worry that by trying to do so much at such a high production level Mm -hmm. that, like... The other movies are going to suffer as a result. Yeah. I'm really terrified yeah. of that because this was a game that, like, early on, I was so high on it. I was like, this is great. Like, if you love Star Wars, you have to play this. And then as I was going through The Phantom Menace, I was just like, damn. Like, it, it was never bad, right? It just felt very thin. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. Like, huh. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Yeah. I wonder how the other movies will shake up.
0: Mm-hmm. Because, um, I've dabbled with plenty of other Lego games, and I, 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 I've really been impressed over the years because it was always the Lego games I always kind of ignored or never really cared for. But over time, I've definitely grown in appreciation of them, and 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 can see how well made they they are. And I was definitely craving some more of that craftsmanship because I think in terms of like controls for a little Lego game, like its cover system is better than you would expect like you can just snap onto a wall uh the aiming feels nice the dodging is good again the animations are super fluid and, and and satisfying uh while still retaining that simplicity but yeah it's something where like i've seen the sparkle of it and and i hope that maybe this just the phantom menace is just a fluke and i'll go and i'll play empire i'll do force awakens and last Jedi and so on and so forth and
1: yeah maybe it'll speed an it anomaly. More. yeah but yeah that definitely okay. that definitely had me worried sounds about like the real world experience with the phantom Menace. you got out of it like ah <laughs> is a fluke the next one will be better right <laughs> yeah. no
0: <laughs> yeah but I mean that's kind of the the yeah. great thing about Lego games is even if you don't however you feel about the movie right the levels could be interesting. yeah totally to go through you or... think
1: I think the obvious answer I uh, say is like it'd probably be better if they just let you jump around to any individual like installment rather than having to play them through as a trilogy to maybe. Like if like you're getting tired with Phantom Minutes, it's like you don't know, you have to finish. Like I, I'm gonna stop. This is not great. Just hop into like the next one to like.
0: Yeah, I, I the thing is, is I think if the levels stand up on their own, you you won't even think about it. You're like, oh, I just want to go through everything anyway, so you wouldn't feel that impulse to bounce around. But if it is not gonna be like amazing quality, being restricted definitely does feel like a punishment. It's actually dumbing a lot, like we were talking about with Kirby, where we were talking about mm. like all this extra stuff, right? I feel like in Kirby even though I didn't ignore the collectibles I feel like the the main path is satisfying enough on yeah. its own that you you would be fine if you just did that. In Star Wars there's tons of things you can collect. You know you can get true Jedi on every level, you can go after all these bricks, you can do all these side objectives. And that's all well and good and that should all be there. That's fundamental to I think these Lego games philosophy, but like on some level the basic mission, the actual task at hand has to ha- feel somewhat creative or satisfying or involved. Okay.
1: No, so. That that that's a good thing to have. I also think maybe it could just be like they were just as you said, like maybe they just couldn't it was too ambitious. Yeah. And someone just always said get the main trilogy correct like get make yeah. that the best the standout because don't invite that smart type of move. criticism which yeah it's a smart move but man I really wish like if they had some flexibility I'd love something that the Star Wars arcade game did because mm. it was the three different movies yeah. but if you didn't play them in order. And complete them, you didn't, or do all three of them, I, maybe it wasn't the order, but you had to complete all three of them, you unlocked, like, a finale. Cool. So it would have been nice if, like, they gave you that flexibility, but if you did them in the intended order, there's, like, a like, I love little bonuses yeah, like that. you get,
2: like, a character or something. Yeah. There's
1: tons of hidden things in those games. Like, you unlock, like, you do the first, the, the main trilogy in order, you get to go to a Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, uh, the there's like, some Mando thing, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, when I saw those Mandalorian characters, you're like, guys you could have just done original trilogy and the two seasons of Mandalorian. <laughs> Come on. Um, but, all that aside, um, I have to say, uh, for a lot of the major characters, it's not the original voice actors. Oh, yeah. Um, and some of them are better in, than others, uh, but I have to get, whoever the fuck is doing Han Solo is crushing it. Wow. Like, Wow.
2: He's a hard guy to imitate. I cannot yeah. believe
0: how well they're doing. Like, I think like the guy who's playing Luke. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing a fine job, but you're like, yeah, that's not, not Mark Luke. Hamill. Yeah. yeah, that's not an insult to him, right? I think uh, he's sure, really yeah, it is all. But the guy who's doing Han, is like, damn. I think job. you're you're more Harrison Ford than Harrison Ford at this point. Yeah. Like he 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 crushes it. Um, I think the guy who does old Obi Wan is the guy who did Obi Wan in Clone Wars, and he also does oh. a very good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's um, good. Yeah, who's ever doing Hunt Solo is crushing Cool. It. Don't know who it is. Um, this is pure speculation on my part. Know that going into this comment. This could be total bullshit. I feel like more so than any game I could point to in recent memory, I can see COVID work from home like oh, affecting it. Like, I, yeah. I can see it in the way these levels are, sure. are coming together and how quick everything feels. I I definitely yeah. feel like this game mm. totally. unfortunately was impacted totally totally uh, by the pandemic because I I do think you know Those Tales is immensely talented. It's just such a shame that they probably had to, <laughs> had to get you know, this game make out. do with limitations. Yep. Uh, but who knows? I do want to play more of it for sure. Cool. Uh, nice. It is time for the Hotake. <laughs> going into this one, uh, I'm going to be pretty cynical just know that going okay, in okay okay okay
2: uh, is it morbius no <laughs> don't
0: see morbius uh, it's <laughs> i told these guys i would have had more fun if i just went to the completely dark theater with no electricity for two hours than damn, just watching morbius really brutal yeah. not worth it it's not uh anyway. Like it was one of those movies where I walked out and I was like, "Man, there were points where I could feel myself nodding off," and it's like I don't feel guilty at all. Like yeah. this there was this was eh, a nothing movie. It. Go but see anyway, Batman again. Batman was great. Yeah. Um, this Hotake is about E3, okay, which is not happening this year. That's the setup mm-hmm. for the Hotake. Uh, they have they have canceled the digital event that was going to happen um, this year. And the the question that I have for you guys. E3 is not happening in 2022, and does that even matter?
2: I mean, it sucked last year, their whole digital event thing. It did. So it's like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, I guess the idea of just like E3 as a presence not being there is like kind of sad, but it like E3 last year is like a shell of its former self and like the worst way. And it's like, Keely's, Keely's the new fucking E3, man. Yeah. Keely's coming in, he's going to take over, dude. I wouldn't be surprised if he just does his own E3 thing or whatever at the like Convention Center next year or something like that. You, ah, man, you
0: touched on a couple of things that, or one thing really that I want to jump on. But before we get to that, Damiani, does it matter that E3 is not
1: happening? I, I I really think that it matters how you define matters because to people who cover the event. It definitely is a blow to lose something so for focused sure. like yeah, that. And, yeah. Like anyone who's saying otherwise is lying their ass off. So yeah. losing a focused week of games coverage does just hurt. Um there are a lot
0: of people that only care about easy allies at E3. Like that's, that's just true. That's a- just a- true. A- so,
1: like, it's just, it's like, yeah, just to point out that it's not everyone is unaffected by it. But yeah. at the same time, publishers probably it did doesn't really matter to a lot of them. They're like, oh, well, we didn't really like working with them anyway, so it's there are other avenues to pursue. Doing our own event, um, working with other people, like you said, working with Keeley could be something like that. So I think it matters a little bit less to publishers, but I also do think even to them, there's some lament that like they would like to have something back that is a little like that is focused and mm-hmm. potentially returning to an in-person thing because. Even with Achilles doing this summer, as far as we know, there is no in-person component to it, and who knows if it'll be okay and safe to even do it. But one, hopefully, one point when it is, that kind of like hands-on experience, I think. Because I was talking about with this was Bloodworth, one of the coolest things was like coming back um after each day and getting all these outlets doing all these hands-on impressions like it was just like these like a slew of previews that were coming out like every single day yeah. and it was nice to like see that and you don't you don't really get that anymore like there are preview events but it feels like there's going to be more control given to to publishers now because you're going to they're definitely going to have because of when it's their own event they have more time to make sure you're playing it the way they want whereas at E3 it's like there might just be something random over here that like this publisher would never do an event. They're just there. Mm-hmm. It's helping them out, and I get to check this cool game. I get to come back and tell you about this cool game that like no one's even heard of this. Like those yeah. like, those hidden gems. So yeah, I don't I don't need to keep going on. But like no, I th- no, Yeah, you're, I think I, th- I, th- I think yeah. it's like there is something that matters here that's going to be lost if it permanently goes away. That no matter what else is done, if it's not the exact same thing, you can't rekindle that. Um, so, but in the bigger scheme, I think it like. Losing it now is less of an impact than like even like 10, 15 years ago when it was so essential to the industry. Mm-hmm. I think alternatives have been presented that definitely are a little bit more viable to some companies. Mm-hmm.
0: Damiani, I, I I feel like you're echoing a, a lot of my thoughts. And Brad, I want to touch on something that you said, because I think you're right. I do think Keeley has kind of... Uh, the Game Awards have, have only really grown, I feel like, in terms of... Significance or at least like industry awareness of it, and it feels like they're getting bigger and bigger. And I I have a lot of respect for Keely, I genuinely do, and I think the Game Awards is a good show that's that's gotten better over time. It's not E3 though, and I think what the magic of E3 is, and this is not just an E3 thing, I think this is like kind of a universal thing, is like fucking the all the beautiful, interesting edges that things used to have are just being whittled away, Mm -hmm. you know, like, E3 was magical because you didn't know what was going to happen, and all of these different companies, many of which had no business being on stage, like, in a, in a, video games were like, no one took them seriously, and so people who probably shouldn't get on stage got on stage, and... They made a fuckery of themselves, and it was hilarious, and they created memes that lasted for, like, more yeah. than a decade. You know what well, I mean? Well,
2: we've already been moving away from live, live press conferences. Right. But what I'm talking about with Keeley taking over is I'm not talking about the idea of going to a space where developers are and people come to play the games. Like, we did at E3. I think that yeah. could still happen just under a different name. Yeah. I think the same exact thing can happen. Yeah. just under Keeley's name. It seems like publishers and developers they don't really really want to work with the ESA anymore. No, and they're that, all going to Keeley. That's
0: that's the other thing that I think absolutely needs to be said. It is it is abundantly clear at this point that the ESA is a, is a total mess and has no idea what they're like, doing. It was and, a
2: mess for us every time. Yeah,
0: no, they they like they could not constantly drop the ball on E three any harder than they already do. I cannot think of like. Like, just an absolute fuckery of yeah. incompetence. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, no, but what, what I mean about E3, and, and this this gets into a point of a larger rant, uh, and Damiani, you kind of touched on it, where, like, E3, every E3 I would just go to the XSeed booth to see what weird horny mm-hmm. games that they had, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we would come back and we would talk about it and we would put our own spin on it. And, like, it was just, it was just a mut- beautiful mess. Like, you'd go and you'd see things, and, like you just have stories to tell right yeah. like like you know think about huber's like yakuza e3 story right like that that's something that had personality that's something that had individuality to it and it's not that i think the game awards are bad i don't i i think they're great i think nintendo directs are great i think state of plays are great i think xbox stuff is fun mm. i'm always going to watch that stuff i'm always going to do it but i feel like with these super controlled messages that are micro focused and everybody kind of gets to cut out their own space. They don't have to compete with everybody else. You know, like it's just, it's so clean and you're just, you're rubbing off that edge a little mm. bit, right? Like it's, it's, it like technically gets better, but it's way less fun.
2: Yes, but I still think you can have that element of walking up to the X seed booth or something yeah. like that. Like I think that For could sure. still happen.
0: Yeah. And maybe, maybe I just, in being overly cynical about it, but I, I feel like I had this point um, really hammered home to me because I've been—I'm not—I've been falling behind now. But mm-hmm. I got into this comic book kick, um, and I was downloading like manga and comic books on my iPad, and I was like, "Oh, this is so convenient." But I—I w- I started going to my local comic book store, and it suddenly got to a point where I was like. I have to do this. And I got annoyed, and I was like, oh, I'm going to download comics again because they ran out of stock of things. And, Mm -hmm. like, it has its own annoyances where they didn't get their shipments in. But something that it did have is it had people that you could feel their passion, and they had, like, interesting things going on. They had rare comics on the walls. You could overhear conversation. You could Mm -hmm. see people freaking out about magic cards. And it's like I don't get any of that when I just – go to Kindle, and I download it, and, like, it's super convenient, and it's awesome, and the comic is still just as good as it is, but, like, all of the culture is just gone. It's just sucked away, and I feel like we're, like...
1: Yeah.
0: This is not just, like, a video game thing. I think we're at this point of, like, Mm ultra-convenience where, like, technically it's making things better, but, like, there's... Nothing has personality more like you just you just download everything 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 that you need in a human like you can just download in an yeah, app dude. but but you don't get any sort of warmth it's like yeah technically you can drink mush that gives you all of your essential nutrients but it's not a meal that you yeah. enjoy you know i think i it's mean like that even kind.
2: if e3 was there this year you wouldn't get that you uh, wouldn't yeah. get that feeling you're hoping for.
0: No, no, no. I, you're right. You're right. If, if E3 were to come back, I, like we said, I, I think ESA is a mess, and I don't think a digital showcase like, would be as good as the glory years. E3 that.
2: unfortunately got shittier and shittier as it went on. Totally the true. End, yeah. It's like when it like those stories of like you going up to XC, just going to see a game, playing, checking it out. It's like yeah. those days were dead. Yeah. Like you would have to wait I mean, a five-hour line for yeah. any oh, game. Yeah.
1: When they opened it up to the yeah, you couldn't with, do that. They opened up yeah. to the public, and they didn't have a very great plan of attack for that. Especially when there were other major international gaming conventions yeah. that had solved that issue. Um, the, it seemed like the people behind E3, the ESA, and anyone in, like that was involved in its planning were focused on the typical, like I, like, I mean, you call it dollar signs, whatever you want to call. It, they were chasing something, and they, without fully really comprehending what they they, they had, like the the idea but they didn't have like the vision and understanding how to get there um and it felt like they just wanted to get there as fast as they could um to take advantage of the situation and it was kind of like all downhill from there so like if they were ever to come back like i yeah i'm not even like sure what it would be but i mean there definitely is something to having it something similar come back someday because was it a recent article i think it was uh was it Patrick Kubik who just wrote the article about uh e3 and how I saw a sentiment an excerpt snippet from it retweeted out. Um it was Dan Reichert who did it, um, um, who retweeted it, I believe, that said E3 was the you made it moment when mm-hmm. you covered it in the industry. That's exactly Absolutely how it was. Yeah, it was like the yeah. most perfect way to phrase yeah, it. Like yeah. it was this like be- like if we're talking about Stranger Paradise. It was this beautiful mm-hmm. mess of chaos, mm-hmm. but like to be there and actually be there in official capacity was like your street cred—you yeah. like you are in this yeah. industry. You actually work here, and it's why so many people wanted to go there. Regardless, it was like because they felt like it was something you could tell everyone. Hey, man, I went to E3 and like here's my badge and stuff. It's like, oh man, like flash on the internet. Like you're somebody now, and <laughs> yeah. like that time kind of time is like gone away. Yeah. But I feel bad that some people yeah. might never get to experience no, that. Won't. Yeah, but I think like once you work long enough, like that magic transforms into like convenient you want convenience when you cover e3 and like when they opened it up to the mm-hmm. public like, so, some of that convenience was sacrificed for our jobs mm-hmm. it was yeah. not as easy for you to stroll up to Xseed booth without an appointment right. when, when any other year it's like what the hell like this sucks like who cares if these other people are here to get like free shit from your booth or stuff or like they'll play it but they're never gonna tell anyone about it like it seemed to like that was, that was like yeah. the mess where i'm like they don't really understand it and your thing was so right like about not just like games or technology like ever since industrialization began like right. the sacrifice of humanity in the name of efficiency can people favor convenience but like you got to sacrifice that love and care that right. you put into a product and like this is what happened with like with e3 with the the, the digital press conferences they're more efficient for the people make them they might be more efficient for people consume them but at the same time like even Nintendo in person conferences yes. had a little bit of magic. Yeah, like Boy yeah, yeah, yeah. he
0: dressed up like a fucking cat. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> it's like six in the morning. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going insane and I don't wanna laugh at this man. He's a genius. But he looks he looks so dumb in a beautiful way. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. Like I definitely think the big event at a place, a convention center, can return. But yeah. I don't necessarily know about press conferences in the old way of in a room yeah. with a live crowd. It's just, you said it, Tommy,
0: and I really think you hit the nail on the head. Right now, E3, or or however you want to describe like all of these showcases, it's 100% product, 0% community. And I think what made E3 special is it was like 60% product, 40% community. It, it felt like... Really, the only people that watched E3 were really into games, right? And you would have things like Giant Bomb would get like all these developers on late night parties and they'd all get drunk and talk about things. Like E3 really was not just about the games, it was a time for an industry to come together and celebrate and really share that passion with each other. And I think, in the sake of convenience, because convenience is so good, I'm not sitting here being like, oh man, all technology is bad or I don't want things to move forward. No, I love convenience. I make sacrifices all the time for convenience. But I just, I sometimes feel like we, we give into that convenience so quickly that we lose so much in the process. Like a perfect example of this. And I absolutely believe this was 100% true. This is not an old man yelling at the clouds. I think this is factually correct. The death of an arcades was a strictly bad thing. Arcades were awesome. And if you've never experienced it and you never got to experience it growing up, Like, because luckily in California, we can go to round one and it's still sick. It's not like was sick in 1999. If you can go to an arcade with your friends and like play these crazy light gun games, with all these lights and sound, it's like a physical gaming experience that you just can't get on your couch or on your monitor or with your keyboard. Like it's strictly good. Fighting games are strictly better in person. They just are. And so like... I don't know. Sometimes I I like so many little things just die. Yep, they get lost. You know, like instruction manuals were strictly awesome, yep. you know, and they're just gone. gone. And it's it's just like E3 is something that meant so much to me. And it, I I feel like it's already gone. Yeah. It's not like is dying. Yeah, it's is, gone. Is dead. Yeah. And I I, I think it's like sad,
2: man. We all loved E3. We
0: all loved E3. Yeah, it's totally not just me, yeah. but it's just like I don't know. It's just
2: it sucks, man. Yeah, it was it, so cool, like talking to developers there. Like, you would yes. never get the chance to ever talk to you or something like that. Just totally. learn about their game from yes. like a more
1: one on one perspective. Yeah, human yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. So, well that's gone. Now the Now cycle... they're gonna want you to just to play their game on parsec or some shit. Yeah. That's you're like it. you're like,
0: damn. It's it's one hundred percent product. The cycle is okay, let's speculate what's going to happen. Let's watch what did happen and then let's comment on it and then you'll forget all of it by the next day. You know, and it's just like I think all that stuff is fine. Like that stuff is fun. I I (laughs) like reacting to exciting announcements, but I think like the real sustenance are the things in between. You know what I mean? Like, like I I love the fact that I get to do this with you guys, or that like every time I'm in the studio. I hear Huber talking about Shredder's Revenge. You know what I mean? Like no one else I could work with 100 people and no one would talk about Shredder's Revenge every single time they're together with people, but the fact that Huber does it makes it special.
2: Yeah. It's those kind of moments yeah, that Yeah, I need. desperately want that those moments again, those live person events, man. Uh, they were so sick. Hopefully they'll come back. But this man. is this is such a first-world
0: problem, but Playing games over Parsec for preview (laughs) is the shittiest fucking thing in the world.
2: Uh, I do believe they said the ESA said they'd come back next year or planning to. Who knows if it'll actually happen. But
0: the thing is, is like if you're if you're any gaming company of any relevance or power, you don't fuck. You don't need
2: E3 E3 anymore. It's
0: been proven time and time and time and time again. Yeah, you don't imagine having control over something is special. And as beloved as E3, and just letting it die on the vine, the yeah. way that the ESA has. Yeah. I'm pissed off, man.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I loved E3, despite all the qualms I had with it at times. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Every time. I hope... I hope Keeley recognizes this.
0: Yeah, Because, you know, Keeley's had some great moments on... He's a award show, you know. You have the touching like Kojima moment, or you have the fuck the Oscars moment. I hope he recognizes, that like life. how how essential. Yeah, I it think is, yeah. he's been
2: in the industry for so long. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah.
0: No, tons of respect.
2: So I think he like kind of has an idea. Yeah, like no way is it going to be like this year, but maybe next year they could do something if they want to. Yeah, I think,
0: just man, when I see like this those blatant ads during the game awards, it just yeah, like, to it me, ruins it that it does, personalization.
2: But yeah. it's an award show to me, and not. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And, like, the fact that E3, it's like, man, Microsoft wasn't even in there anymore. They were, like, across the street. Like, how many people weren't weren't even in those buildings Mm -hmm. at the end was just, like, such a drag. It's like, yeah, you're kind of here in spirit, but you're like, I got to go fucking drive over there to get to you. Like, EA, you're, like, way the hell down here. It's like they're not even in the same thing anymore. Like, when Sony just wasn't in there anymore either. Just sucked. I, I
0: wish everybody that loved video games, I genuinely wish that everybody could experience like Yeah. A great E3. A great E three. Yeah, a great E three. Yeah. yeah. It it your soul. Yeah,
2: it's so it's so nice. On this like
0: convenience thing and like this this bizarre everything is an app, like my my apartment complex was like, Hey, we're gonna change out your locks. So now <laughs> it's an app? It's an app. So now, when I to to literally unlock my door,
2: oh, I pull out my
0: phone, I hit the app, and I go unlock. And it's like, it works. It's fine.
2: But I didn't need yeah, this. Yeah, like why can't I just still <laughs> like, use my key? Why, it was man. just.
0: It's just like the perfect example of what I'm talking about. It's just like, what are we doing? Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, like it's, it's not. Like, maybe it's, like, a fraction of seconds yeah.
2: more convenient. Maybe.
0: But it just feels like a problem that didn't need to be solved. Okay. Fuck! <laughs> yeah. Give me Metal Slug and let me die. All right. Uh, our first email comes in from Danny. It says, a lot of respect, allies. I love my HDR OLED TV. I've never seen inkier Blacks. So, however, I find that many games with HDR features seem to make the game so dark at times it looks unplayable. Has this been your experience? Are there any games out there that kill it when it comes to HDR? Are developers just phoning it in and ticking that checkbox?
1: HDR. I hmm. unfortunately don't have much experience with it. I don't My have My monitors have... So, so they have HDR, but every time I turn it on, doesn't really work correctly. At least when I'm streaming, so I don't hmm. turn it off, so... Yeah haven't really gotten to enjoy the benefits of HDR just yet.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted to ask this question because um, there are times where I will notice... because So the only way that I can experience HDR is one HDMI slot on my uh, 4K TV. Uh, like, my gaming monitor doesn't support HDR.
2: Yeah, same.
0: And um, a couple of times I played Elden Ring with HDR on that TV and it's it's a dramatic difference Mm -hmm. like you can really tell but I think my experience with HDR is just so inconsistent where there are times where I'm like wow I do notice a huge difference I do notice that it's on but I feel like I either forget about it or I just am playing on something that doesn't support HDR and so there are plenty of times where it's like maybe the implementation isn't that good and I can't tell Mm -hmm. um But I'm glad this email came in because there have been enough times where I'm like, I've been really impressed with it that I should make more of a considered effort, too. Yeah. I think uh,
2: Horizon Forbidden West had pretty good HDR from what I remember. Nice. Nice. Just like good lighting and everything.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. That game is just so... Yeah. Yeah. Technically great. All right. Next email comes in, and this is going to be a much longer one, uh, from... Orange Lightning? What a name. Really love this question. Uh, Hey, Ben and fellow guests. Recently, I've been getting into the Monster Hunter franchise. It's a series I've been aware of ever since the PS2 days, but I've never taken the time to try it for myself until now. I started off by playing through and enjoying the first two Monster Hunter Stories games. However, once I completed them both, I thought it was about time to try the mainline entries, uh, starting with Monster Hunter Rise. Well, I did play the first game on PSP until my hands started to cramp up. Shortly after fighting a couple of monsters, I began to wonder why I let the franchise slip past me all these years. The gameplay is so exhilarating when trying to time your attacks in between strikes from these mythical creatures. The highlight of my playthrough was taking on my first ever Rathalos, the iconic dragon from the series. I encountered it in a dark, ominous, loud of a cave, its wings spread out wide and its head down low, staring straight at me with menacing white eyes as I naively rode towards it on my palamute with dual blades in hand. The fight begins and chaos ensues, and I try my best to defeat the beast while it takes little effort in bat- batting me off to one side. Uh, struggling to stay in the fight, I can't I think to myself, this can't possibly get any worse only for a Magna Malo, the poster boy for a Monster Hunter Rise, to join in on the fight. As I run around the level in a mild panic and watch these two Elias fight over the top of me, I see an opportunity to ride the Rathalos and gain control of this amazing dragon. After laying down multiple attacks and ending the encounter, breathing heavy fire, and ending the, the encounter, breathing heavy fire onto the Magnemelo, I thought to myself, "Wow, this has got to be one of the best in-game encounters I've ever experienced." This got me wondering: what in-game encounters have got you excited when experiencing them for the first time?
2: I mean, definitely Monster Hunter like world. When I saw those monsters fighting, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, it's, it's still sick. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's still cool yeah. to this day. Hmm. I have a weird one. This is
0: the one that first came into mind, and I think it very much has to do with me being a child, because I, I think like all of the JRPG tropes hadn't been embedded into me yet. I, yeah. they were, I was you know, experiencing them relatively fresh, but I remember how fucking thrilled I was the first time I fought Cypher in Final Fantasy VIII, because they do a really good job in that game of... Building up the rivalry between them, but your fellow schoolmates, and so by the time he's controlled by this like beautiful and mysterious sorceress, and you like go through that whole like after the parade, right? You go through like the whole parade, and then you finally like face out down with him, and like you you really have to you're finally like you're on different sides. I was like thrilled, you know that classic anime JRPG. Uh, sort of brotherly rivalry I was so excited about.
1: Man, the simple one was just the... Because I hadn't really played a lot of Resident Evil before Resident Evil 4. Mm. So the village part, the first chainsaw all showing up, like I'd never had anything in the game, I think up to that point, that so aggressively was after me. And of course, I don't know... First Resident Evil game, first time playing a game of this type where it had just evolved like their third-person shooting and so, like, I'm still dealing with wrapping my head around that and this enemy just like relentlessly not stopping, trying to ch- chop your head off. And I'm like, That's a great answer. And like, you man. shoot at it, and it's like, it doesn't stop. I'm, like, wait, why aren't you stopping? I'm shooting you. Like, everything else reacts in it, but like, you got to unload, because like, you had the weakest gun at the time. You got to unload a lot into it to make it like yep. stop in its tracks. And I didn't get the shotgun. And you didn't even
0: know how to properly use the guns at that, yeah, point. that time. Yeah, that time I'm
1: like, I'm still learning how to aim. I'm like, okay, I yeah, aim a little bit. I'm like, okay, cool. I can't run and shoot, but all right, I can stop and aim. Like, just getting used to that, it was just so t- and like, I remember thinking that first village part when I first played was like impossible. I'm yeah. like, how am I supposed to beat this? I lost so, I died so many times the first time I tried it. Yeah. Um, from like spectacle point of view, though, another Final Fantasy one, just because it was so like insanely out there it wasn't like the best boss fight but the the final Seymour fight in Final Fantasy X with those giant color wheels with all the elements just like <laughs> spinning around and there's like loony music playing at the same time and I'm just like what is this <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know what you made me think of Zamiani? Like,
0: what the uh when you fight Anima oh fight was yeah that fucking mm. sick yeah
1: seeing uh, that it has, like, a thing under it, too, and it's like, oh, man, these designs are, like, really, yeah. really, really awesome. Um,
2: go ahead, Brad. I'll just say um, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis the first time, back mm-hmm. on PS1, because I never really encountered an enemy in a game like that mm-hmm. that would continuously stalk me throughout the game. really freaked me out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And
2: I'll always remember just... Um, fighting Ganondorf in Ocarina of Time, going up the tower and the organ playing and you like finally get up there with them. Play tennis with them real quick, then come crumbling down, you fight him, and he's like in that dark silhouette, he pulls out those like two swords, man. I'll like never forget that.
0: Um Gray Fox in Metal, Your song. Oh yeah. one. Oh yeah. I, Gray the, Fox is great. That fight left such an impression on me. My wife recently, she was like, "Do you ever get sick of cuz you always use the name Gray Fox?" And I I just like no. I I feel more serious about this than I should, but it's like I will never get sick of it and I am never not being Gray Fox. Until the day you put me in the ground, I will have Gray Fox as a username. Like that's how much yeah. that character rattled my entire being for sure. Um which like she didn't mean anything by that saying. Mm-hmm. She wasn't putting much thought into it, but it's like no. <laughs> Okay, my, I mean, my iPad is showing me like, hey, do you remember that you took a bunch of pictures with your cats? Like, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Uh, it was like, you want to see I'm your bad. furry friend's yes, photos? Dude. No. That's funny. Not right now. On a show. No thanks, iPad. Um, our last question, short but uh, good, from Isaac. Hi, allies. If we lived in a world where video games didn't exist, what do you think your obsession would be?
2: Probably way more with music. Same. Just more. Yeah,
0: I, I think if video games didn't exist, there's no way it wouldn't be music. Yeah. Maybe skateboarding, but yeah. probably music.
1: Yeah, probably movies. And then, I mean, possibly anime more. What a weeb. Because I could totally see it being anime. Because uh, I made, mean, like, at one point in school, I was like, man, I want to, like, try and do this, like, filmmaking or movie production stuff. It seems really cool. I'm really into it. And then. I mean that's when I first like really gave anime a chance and stuff, yeah. and I'm like, video games didn't exist, like anime probably would have been like ten times more like, holy shit, what's it's going the on closest here? Closest you can Cause, get. Because yeah, I have no exposure to these like insane over the top theatrics that like just like only present cartoons, but but uh, until that point, cartoons were like childish and mm-hmm, immature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like, no, we're serious. Like this, like this is like an art form. Like holy crap, I didn't know things could do this so. Might have just like double down on that man and just like go on like anime website, anime journalism. <laughs> I
2: want to make like a video where
1: it's like a, Am- all, like an alternate timeline where Damiani
2: is like an Dude, anime influencer.
1: AMVs, baby, <laughs> let's go. AMVs. Like
0: Lincoln Park and Naruto, let's
1: go. <laughs> Hit detection,
0: a film by Michael Damiani. Yeah. Um Do you remember that like? absurdly long period of time where it felt like the only anime that film critics would recognize without exception was anything by Studio Ghibli Ghost in the Shell Akira and that was it It, yeah that's about (laughs) it yeah (laughs) nothing else else existed nothing else would get it didn't uh, I think Spirit Away won an Oscar for best anime
1: feature yeah Ghibli oh uh, yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. that's it I'm trying to think of another one. I think something got robbed a few years ago. Ooh. Was it? Was robbed. it something else nominated? It was, was Was it? Uh, was it Wind Rises? Should have no. been. No. Or to was it the movie? one of Hosoda's films? I think might have been. I'm trying to remember if it was that or if it was either a Ghibli film or a, a, a No.
2: Your name.
1: Oh no! Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. No, no. Was not it? it your name? Was you – I had no – I don't no, know I'm if forgetting. your name was nominated. animated. Some anime Oscar. figures lost to one of the Disney films, one of the weakest Disney Pixar – or efforts. I don't even think it was a Pixar one. I'm like, what happened? I think three of the movies nominated
0: for Best Animated this year were Disney Pictures. Um,
1: Which one won this year? Encanto. Okay, that was pretty cool. – I have not was seen it? that
0: one. Yeah. So my – so I have, like, fallen off the Disney train completely except for Marvel stuff. Um. And Star Wars stuff, I guess, but like proper Disney stuff, I have not watched in a very long time. My wife, however, gigantic like super gigantic Disney nerd, will watch out any schlock that they put out. Love you to pieces, but uh, she was just like Encanto was just okay. And coming from her, mm-hmm. like she she never says that, Ooh, and so I was okay. like, damn.
1: But I might she was have, at home, maybe distracted with family, so I might maybe. have enjoyed. Turning red a little bit more mm. than in Castlevania. She said that was pretty good. Yeah. She said, Turn- I think I might have bit. enjoyed that one a little bit more. Yeah.
0: I really enjoy this episode of Frame Tribe. Feels good to be yeah. back. Um, it's so hot in here. Thank you so much. Sorry if this was a, a, a cynical episode, but sometimes, you know, that comes out. Um, thank you so much to my panelists, Michael Damiani, Bradley Ellis. I always feel like you guys give it your all. Super appreciate that. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, If you would like to send an email, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Until next time.